And welcome back to the Ranked Podcast. We took a bit of a break here for the last year. We ranked 65 2019 films last January, and we're back full throttling here with another 60 films. Believe it or not, there were 60 films that came out in 2020, and to help rank all 60 of these films and break everything down, we have the beautiful co-host of the Oscar Rewind podcast, Andrea Tennis. How are you doing this week? I'm doing really good. That's very exciting. <laughs> I like I like that startup. Uh, Andrea, we're going to be here for hours, right? We need much more enthusiasm, all right? Wow. Sorry. I'm doing really well. Yeah. I just got a promotion at work and it was great. Starting a new job next week, so I'm pretty pumped about that. That's exciting. And with us to help break everything down even more is a guy who got a promotion in life, Tristan Phillipson. How are you doing this week? Doing good. You didn't introduce me as the beautiful co-host, Tristan Phillipson? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, the, the, uh, the extra beautiful co-host, Tristan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I also like how when she first said she's doing good, you asked for more energy. She changed it to, I'm doing well. I don't know if doing well is more energy. Well, I was actually thinking, I was going to ask you that question, Tristan. She said she went from doing great to doing very well. Is very well or great yeah. better? I don't know. I don't know. I always, I would assume great's better than very well, but I could be wrong. Yeah, so de- definitely won't ask her again or else she'll be fine. No. Yeah, she- <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to get there. Yeah, well, we'll check in on her halfway through the podcast when we're her two coffees in. I was going to say, then you'd be getting attitude if I said fine. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll break up by the end of this ranking. Dang. So anything new going on with you, Tristan? We just watched 60 2020 movies. Have you dipped into 2021 yet? No, not at all. Um, I mean, I watched some WandaVision. I guess that was 2021, but that's TV, so that doesn't really count. That's fair. Um. No, there's just UFC fights on this afternoon, so I watched those, and 2021 is off to a good start here. Um, I, there's some good movies hopefully going to be coming out this year, unlike last year. Last year was a little little slim pickings, but most definitely some, some diamonds in the rough, for sure. Yeah, I think this podcast is going to be a lot of movies most people haven't heard of, because 2020 yeah. didn't really have that many big titles. There's a couple sprinkled throughout this podcast, but going to be more uh kind of help will help guide you to what are the horrible films and what are the good films to watch while you're still in quarantine because a lot of these are on streaming so you know we're going to help you find some good movies to find that is a bonus of this new 2020 landscape we're in here a lot of these movies you can watch at home right away you don't have to wait or go to theaters or anything to see them typically you already own the service anyways not paying anything extra for them um and some of them are really quite good and some of them absolutely suck. The 2021 landscape has changed quite a bit, especially with the releasing of films. I'm excited for 2021. I was never excited for 2020. I think even on the 2019 podcast, I should get the clip of me saying that this upcoming year I'm not very excited for. I, I don't know. I always knew 2020 was going to stink. But 2021 is where it's at. I'm very, very excited with some movies coming out. Yeah, there's some real, some real good ones coming out. And there were some surprisingly fantastic films in 2020. I think we're going to... I think I liked most of the movies on this list. I, I think not quite as many as last year, but most of them I genuinely liked. No, I agree. 2020 is kind of known as the lesser year in film, but I was actually very surprised. I thought the first half of the year I was very down on the films we had, but I really do think this was a good year in film. I liked it. What about you, Andrew? 
What was your thoughts on 2020 as a whole compared to 2019? You weren't here for the 2019 <laughs> podcast, but you were dating me at the time. So you saw a lot of those movies. Mm-hmm. How do you think this year really compared? I mean, I don't know. I don't think there was too much of a comparison, really, just because, you know, we're going through COVID. There's a lot going on. And they couldn't make as many movies as they wanted. A lot of things got pushed back. It wasn't good. But I still had some favorites come out of this year. So not too terrible, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, and something that is good to note is for the 2019 podcast, by the time we were recording, we already knew the Oscar nominations. At this point in the 2020 podcast recording, we don't even have the eligibility date ending yet. There's still another month and a half for films to come out for them to be eligible. So we don't even have all of the big Oscar pushes or some of the bigger films due to COVID. So it definitely changes overall what we picked. Yeah, sure. I think there are some of those that are probably guaranteed to be nominated for a good number of Oscars. Um, we'll probably mention those when we get to them. More yeah. great movies to come, for sure. Yeah, there's definitely blockbuster films, and there's definitely Academy films. We still got a bit of each of those. We just got a lot more of those random pop-ups you never really heard of. Yeah, more random indie stuff and film festival things and straight-to-streaming movies that probably wouldn't make our list if it was a more normal year, but I'm glad that they're here for this year, this sort of off year. I agree. All right, are we ready to actually get into the top 60 films of 2020? Oh, I'm so ready. All right, well, let's get it started here because we have at number 60, this is the worst film according to the podcast and it's going to be the film The Last Days of American Crime. Yeah. That's our bottom? (laughs) This is our bottom. This movie absolutely sucks. This movie is so bad. Uh, Honestly, I was a little worried Tristan picked this because he actually liked it. Oh. It just, (laughs) when I was watching this, I was like, this film seems like Tristan's kind of thing with like a unique concept with cool action. But man, this film fucking sucks. That was my take this whole time. To give the scores here, I gave it 60 out of 60, Andrea gave it 59 out of 60, and Tristan also gave it 60 out of 60. So this is... I think before we should continue here, though, Quentin, we never actually said what we did different this year. This year, instead of just picking the top X number box office movies, all three of us and Alex Welling, who's not on this podcast with us, picked 15 movies to be on the list. You should probably explain that, eh? Yeah, that's a good note here. So last year, if you were following, what we did was we did the top 50 films for the box office, and then we each picked five movies to round it up to a nice 65. But, you know, the box office didn't really exist this year, and we wanted to try something new. So to kind of make it easier for all of us, we had myself, Tristan and Andrea from this podcast and Alex, who unfortunately couldn't make it here tonight. We all picked 15 films to rank. Yeah. Yeah. And they, um, so I picked this movie. Um, I don't know if you guys did this, but when I was looking for movies put onto the list, I would kind of just like click through Netflix or Amazon or another streaming service. And whenever I saw a 2020 movie, I haven't seen, I would just watch it. Right. And see, maybe it'd be good for the list or at worst. I just watch, you know, another modern day movie. And so this one was, like, recommended to me because I watched, like, Extraction or something like that. I'm like, well, this is another 2020, like, Netflix original movie. How bad can it be? The answer was absolutely terrible. 
I watched this and I thought it was genuinely probably the worst movie I've ever seen in my life, if not one of. And I've seen a lot of really bad movies. I wasn't going to add it to the list until a couple days later. I'm like, that movie was so bad. They also have to watch how bad that was. So I'm not the only one to suffer from it. <laughs> oh, God. It was so terrible. I couldn't be the only one to suffer from it. It was absolutely garbage. Yeah, I will say this film is worse than any film we watched, obviously this year, because I put it last, but any film we watched in the 2019 ranking of the 65. Like, this is a truly yeah, brutal film. Last year, Tyler Perry's, like, Medea's Family Funeral was the last movie, and that movie was fine. It just wasn't for me. The comedy wasn't my kind of comedy. I didn't know any of the characters my first time watching one of those kind of movies. But this movie isn't a movie for anybody. I don't know anyone who would actually enjoy this film. This movie is absolutely terrible. Those who don't know what it's about, it's a uh, like a crime, a crime thriller, a crime action movie, I guess, about a um, in the future they're going to instill this like sound wave through America that'll prevent people from committing crimes. If you try to commit a crime, you'll just get frozen in, I don't know, like paralysis, I guess. You just get frozen still. You go into like some vegetative state where you can't move until you choose not to commit the crime, um, which I guess is a def- decent enough concept, you know, about like the ethics and the morality of preventing people from doing crimes or you know regulating crime in such an aggressive way but that's not what this movie was about this movie was about like some really shitty heist movie mixed in with this weird dystopian future all with super bland characters shitty action scenes and it was two and a half hours i will never get back it was absolutely terrible yeah the the film in concept is pretty interesting like tristan said where you get paralyzed if you're in the middle of doing a crime with this new system they have implemented in your mind Kind of a cool concept, and, you know, if the whole film took place with this existing in the society, that'd be kind of interesting to see how they could grow out of it. I actually thought of a premise for this film that would have been much better, which would have been somebody that was born, and somehow the thing was bugged, and it didn't work, and he was immune to doing crimes. And we could see him realizing that he did a crime without being paralyzed, and he realizes the gift he has, and how he's going to live in a society around where he's not actually hurt by it. I thought that actually would have been something cool they could have set up. Some kind of like free guy where the guy realizes he's not an AI, but he can do more. Kind of like one guy living beyond the society norms. But instead, this film I blows my mind. They have a cool idea, and instead they have the first two hours of the movie with a giant timer in the sky that says, hey guys, in 12 hours... Is going to be implemented in your minds, so you better do crime before the 12 hours is up. Just letting you know, this is going to be implemented in 12 hours, so you better do a bunch of crime and get this fixed before we paralyze you guys. I don't know why they gave a giant warning to this. It doesn't make any sense. And then the last 30 minutes is when it's kind of implemented, and the twist bad guy is ridiculous. Uh, So much of the story is so ridiculous. And the ending where they finally have the thing activated, you wait over two hours for these people to be paralyzed by this new system in the government, and it totally falls flat because then they're like kind of immune, kind of not. The The rules kind of lose all logic. My turn, Yeah, huh? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Andrew, this wasn't your least favorite film. What's your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. So- you're the one worse than this? You thought there was a movie that was worse than this movie? I can't imagine a movie worse than this movie. <laughs> Okay, so actually when we started talking about this and you said this was 59 for me, I was shocked actually because I forgot I ranked one film lower than this because this was literally the worst 
thing I've ever watched. So thanks, Tristan. <laughs> I always <laughs> wanted to like stab my eye at, eyes out, like rather than to watch this. It was just awful. Um, yeah, there's nothing good about it. There was like a lot of weird storylines in there as well. Like they kidnapped the girl's sister and I didn't understand that. And she was sleeping with the one dude. She was sleeping with the other dude. There was, there was a lot going on. It was just really bad on net, Netflix part. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of bad movies. Like I've watched Artemis Fowl and uh, I genuinely, this is significantly worse. Oh yeah, yeah, this is lower than Artemis Fowl, yeah. There is nothing good in this movie. This movie is just bad. The acting's bad. The action scenes are bad. The plot is bad. Like the writing's bad. Fuck, they fucked up the music. Like nothing in this movie was good. Um, <laughs> like there's no redeeming factors in this movie. Um, nothing. This was just a bad movie. Yeah, and I remember watching this with Andrea. Uh, we took like four breaks. We could not watch the whole thing at once. Like we, we, we took like a break. We played video games or watched something better and then went back to it like two hours later. Like we, we had to trudge through this movie. And I remember near the end of it, I think Andrea looked at me. And it was one of the first films that Tristan picked that we watched. And she looked at me and went, if this is going to be all of Tristan's movies, I'm not doing this next year. Like this is it. <laughs> I only put one movie on here because it was like purposely a terrible movie that I hated, and that's this one. That's yeah. the only movie I put on there purposely because it was terrible. Um, and boy, was it terrible. Yeah, this it is the one that almost one. killed Andrea. Yeah, you definitely yeah. hit the nail on the head with this guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, this one's so bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to say there was one other Netflix original movie that I watched. Maybe Tristan has too, The Mark of the Devil. Have you seen that one, Trist? I haven't, no. That one, I would say, is... Almost, I actually think it's worse than this movie. Like, that one is truly horrible as well. Netflix had two atrocious steaming pile of shits this year in Last Year of American watch. Crime and Mark of There's the Devil. There's no way it's worse than this movie. I refuse to. Uh, watch it, Tristan. It is truly, the only thing better about it is the runtime. It's two hours instead of two and a half. Okay, I was about to say, like, this is a two and a half. This is like a yeah. commitment. So brutal. Like, but Mark of the Devil is truly horrible. And I always wanted to pick a Tristan because I wanted to see if I could pick the worst film of the year. However, I watched it once alone, which meant that if I picked this movie, I would have to watch it a second time for Andrea to watch it. She can watch it on her own. You don't know how to watch it. I know. Uh, she, she doesn't like watching movies on her own. Wait, but was oh, this bro. one on Netflix? Yeah. You would have had a solid case for me to watch it on my own. Maybe I could have convinced her. I, I had to rewatch Platform, and that was on Netflix. Oh. That's on Netflix? Wait, you didn't watch Platform on Netflix? I always just never check. I always yeah, just yeah, go yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Netflix original. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I knew that. Oh. See, let, Letterboxd, gotta check Letterboxd. Yeah, this um, movie's just bad. Just don't watch this movie. Watch literally anything else. Yeah, so if anybody listening is thinking, you know what, let's throw on a Netflix movie. What should I put on? This ain't it. This is not it. Yeah. And, like, I think all three of us are pretty notoriously just not action movie people. None of us love action movies. And this is an action movie. I've watched a lot of action movies on Netflix this year. There are better ones. The Old Guard is a better action movie. Extraction is a significantly better action movie. Like, there are better action movies on Netflix that you can just watch than this one, even if you, like, love action movies. This movie is just terrible in every way. That's true, yeah. We're, all three of us are famously not into action films. Like, in um, comparison, yeah. Alex, he was not able to do this podcast with us. Uh, but he did kind of have a list. He kind of watched half of every movie. So he probably watched half of this one. This is his 10th least favorite. So he thought there were nine movies worse than this. And he's also definitely more of an action person yeah. than we are. I I put those other nine movies as the movies he hasn't seen and thought, I don't know, I'll stick them at the bottom. 
rather than actually thinking there's no way any movie's worse than this movie because um I can't envision it. Not yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious as to what he put lower than this. I forget. You have his list. That'd be funny. Oh my god. I'm curious as to what he had lower because yeah, this yeah this was an atrocity. This right. movie's that's an embarrassment. So we can move on to we can move away from a Netflix original and we can go on to number fifty nine here, which is an Amazon Prime original. And we have My Spy as the second worst film of the year. The scoring here is I have it at number 56. Andrea has it at number 58. And Tristan has it at 57. There's still a movie Andrea has below both of these two that we don't know yet. Uh, Just wait, Tristan, Tristan, Tristan. It's going to take a while. Really? No. Oh, okay. Um, This movie, okay, here's the thing. I I won't put this up. There is a very big difference between these two yeah. movies. Like, like last American Crime movie, you should never watch it. Absolutely terrible. My Spy, it was fine. It was, it was, it was okay. You know, it was, it was a movie. Yeah, like I have I this at fifty six. Uh, I'm definitely the highest on this. I am almost insulted that this is right beside uh, Last Day of American Crime. This is not even in the same ballpark. I actually didn't really mind My Spy. It's almost, it's almost. So bad it's funny. Like, it's very cringy. For those of you that don't know about this film, I feel like most people have heard of it. It's about uh, John uh, Bautista. Is that his last name? Yeah, John Bautista. Yeah, he's a wrestler slash Drax from the Avenger movies. He's now playing this guy that has to look after a girl. You know, they they always do that. They like the big wrestle guys, you know, looking after a little girl because it's funny looking and the girl's always badass. With Vin Diesel, or I think like the firefighter is at it with a uh, John Cena came out. Of yeah, 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 ago. playing with fire. Or, or even like Spy Next Door with Jackie Chan. Every few years yeah. they have this with like a big strong man, you know, protecting a family or a little kid or whatever. Yeah. Dwayne Johnson with like, the Tooth Fairy, right? Like they have a lot of those big guys, little girl movies. Yeah, and this is just another one of those in those genres. If you're a kid or a parent, I'm sure it's a perfectly fine movie. If you're just, you know, neither of those things looking for something to watch, it's probably not for you. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a parent of all the kid movies you could watch, like this one's fine. It's going to be one that you will throw on, you'll watch, and you'll forget. I don't think there's anything super significant about this movie. There's nothing special in any way. Everything is very bland. The story, as we just listed off like five other previous movies similar to it, is just generic. Like, I don't hate it. I have it at 56. I think it's fine. This is yeah. like, I'm not, I'm, I don't normally hate on movies. This one is fine. I will never watch it again. I will never think about it again. It's okay. What, what, what about your thoughts, Andrea? You know, kind of like you said, I don't really remember a lot of the storyline. It was bland. It wasn't for me. And I know you guys already said that it's definitely, it's just a kid movie. I, I will never probably watch this again. I will have no reason to. <laughs> Yeah, I remember <laughs> laughing at just how bad the story was. Like the plot is just so ridiculous where the girl finds out that he's a spy and she's going to, going to expose him. But if he takes her out to a fancy dinner or if he does a funny dance, she won't tell anybody. So he's like, well, I guess I got to do a funny dance. Don't tell anybody, little girl. Like it, it's so stupid and cringy. Uh, yeah, that's all I remember, to be honest. Yeah. Any reason particular as to why you picked this, or was it just for the silly dancing? 
uh, pretty much as soon as I saw John do the floss once or twice, because she was like, you better dance. He's like, oh, oh, what's this floss thing called? As soon as I saw that scene, I was like, you know what? Uh, fuck it. I, I, I got to pick this. Uh, I guess we can address who picks each one. So yeah, that's why I picked this one. Uh, it was also one of my very first picks and I wanted to pick some cringy bad movies and this was the first of the first of many. First of many. Why pick two or three cringy movies? We'll get I to picked them. I picked a good number of cringy movies. I like cringy. Yeah, movies, I think though. me and Tristan picked some cringy ones. Uh, Alex and Andrea, we we'll never get Alex's opinion on any of them, but they try to go for more serious stuff. <laughs> yeah, their lists are all boring. My list was the most fun. Uh, my list was the most fun. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Do we have anything else to say about my spy? I feel like we're all there, pretty neutral on it. There's not much to say about this movie. It's pretty. It's a movie. Yeah, if you don't have a kid, uh, what are you doing with your life? I asked myself that after I watched it. Uh, and if you yeah, do have a kid, watch why not? Sister, so. uh, yeah, I'll watch I, it with a kid. That's true, yeah. So it just has more of an excuse. It's fine. All right, so we can get to uh, number 58 here. Speaking of a cringy film that Tristan has picked, uh, one of many for him, for sure. Uh, we have Secret Society of the Second Born Royals. Heck yeah, baby. <laughs> I love when Jessica gets all excited for his own picks. My, once again, my picks are the best on the list. Okay? That's true. That's true. Tristan killed it here. Uh, and so for the rankings here, uh, I have it at number 57. Andrea had it at 54. And Tristan had it at 58. So I think and- I screwed that up. This should be above my slide for sure. But like just by one. It's not It's not better. But it's, there's more to it. There's more to talk about. There's more interesting things. Yeah, th- this film is wild. Uh, <laughs> I also put my spy. I, me and Tristan both put my spy above this by one. So you're thinking, wow, this one is lower according to Tristan and Quentin. But no, no, no. Andrea <laughs> is way higher on this one. She had my spy at like 58. But nope, nope. This one's a solid 54th place. Andrea, you're a big fan of this one. Big fan of the second born Royals. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I kind of just thought that some of the powers were kind of dumb, weird, whatever. But I was really all about that bug guy. The one that could talk to bugs. <laughs> yeah. It was a sick guy. superpower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we'll quickly give the summary for this one. Uh, So for this film, it's about five kids who are the second born to royal people. And so because they're the second child and they aren't able to become queen of their realm, they get to become superheroes. They get these powers because they're the second child, which as soon as this premise started, Andrew turned to me and she was like, is this why Tristan, the second born child, picked this movie? Like, does this make him feel like he's a superhero? Like, okay, so, the, the, yeah, I picked this movie because uh, I thought it was ridiculous. The thing I really like was it's not like, oh, so they're second-born royals. They go to, like, an academy, and they get, like, gadgets to give them powers. Or they get, like, a super serum that gives them powers. No, no, no. In the society, people who are the second-born royals have a special strain of DNA that somehow only is given to the second-born royals. Not the first, certainly not the third. Um, only the second-born royals that somehow gives them and only them superpowers. As if your blood or your genetics know if A, you are royal, and B, that you are the second child? What if you have, like, a stepfather? What if you're only half-siblings with the older child? We don't know. All we know is that if you're the second world royal, you somehow have special genes that give you and only you superpowers. And it's ridiculously hilarious. It makes no sense, and nothing else in this movie makes any sense. 
as Andrew explained, the powers are are honestly pretty unique. Uh, like one person obviously can talk to bugs, the one Andrea loves. There's the one that can steal other people's powers if she touches them. I don't know how that works, but it does, and it's fantastic. Um, the plot itself was a little more generic, and I wish like everything else. The concept was crazy. The powers were pretty weird. I wish the plot was a little also weirder, and I would have really liked it. So they just leaned into the ridiculousness of this. I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah, yeah. If this film went all in on the ridiculousness, it would have been a lot better. I agree there. But really, this is it's so close to just being ridiculous to be part of the trifecta. Uh, last year, don't know what the trifecta was. It was three horrible films that were so bad that they were amazing. And that trifecta was Dora the Explorer, Cats, and Kim Possible for me. They were all so bad that they were great. This one, I, I wanted to squeeze into the trifecta. Yeah, um, this is getting close to Kim Possible range. Yeah, mind. this is close. Uh, but, you know, Kim Possible did cartwheels to pick up paper. So that that's definitely crazier. But this yeah. film... I gotta tell you, uh, I really hate this film too. This film just pisses me off. What? The story, Why? the story's so bad. I can't stand it. It's so dumb because the mom is an absolute bitch to her daughter, like the second-born daughter, and she's like so mean to her. And then once she realizes she's a superhero and that her mom, since she's also a second-born, she's also a superhero. The mom pulls her aside and she's like. The reason I was such a bitch to you is because I know that you're a superhero and I knew you could take it. What? Makes no sense. And then the firstborn daughter, her sister of the main character, is also a bitch to her. Or no, no, sorry. She's a bitch to her firstborn because she's the firstborn. She gets to rule the realm and she doesn't agree with her opinions. And then they have a stupid fight halfway through the film. And then they their makeup scene is they just go up to each other and they're like, we're sisters. We're sisters. Come on. Let's let hug sis and that was it like there was no makeup at all then they like, left the scene like glaring at each other again like there was no resolution obviously this film's like doesn't give a fuck about its plot but man this plot sucked yeah the thing i hate even more than the plot though it's gotta be the main character they always do this like these like coming of age movies for like kids or whatever the main characters are always like super like angsty and edgy for no reason yeah she's yeah. a rebel not for any reason because she wants to be a rebel right yeah As i just like kids can relate to that or something i don't know um and i always hate that it's such a stereotype in these kids movies i watch a lot of these movies because i love them um and but i hate that stereotype it's always like the main character like in lemonade mouth did a very similar thing if you've ever seen that movie um no. the main character is this weirdly angsty like I'm going to fight the power, but I'm not actually going to do anything. And that's not relevant to the rest of the plot at all. Yeah. That's just my only character trait. Yeah. Like um, she is super rebellious and like, oh, I'm edgy. I like metal music because I'm edgy. And she's like trying to be all edgy and rebellious. And then she finds out she's a superhero and she completely drops her edginess. Like she just becomes a superhero. Like that entire edginess for the first 20 minutes is completely pointless. Like nothing in this film makes sense. And the dumbest part of the whole movie is the one guy has the power to tell people to do something and they will do it. He tells people, hey, get me some coffee and they'll give him a coffee. That, that, that's his superpower. Which means, hypothetically, they created the most overpowered character ever because all he has to do is tell the villain to kill himself. That's yeah. all they had to do. And do you know what he does instead? I shit you not. He goes up to the bad guy and he goes, hey, hey, 
don't move for 30 seconds. And so then the guy doesn't move for 30 seconds. And then they like, oh, they're about to take over him. Oh, the 30 seconds is up and he quickly escapes. Well, here, here's a food for thought, bitch. Tell the guy to not move for five minutes. Try that. Or tell him to kill himself. Like, he has the most overpowered ability ever. And so I don't blame them for not having him kill the guy. But maybe don't make his power so insanely overpowered. I'm just saying. Well, you're saying that that's better than being able to control bugs? Yeah. yeah the yeah. bug power is way better. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, the single best character is the bug guy. I agree with the Andrew here. Me and Andrew were obsessed with him because I died when the entire movie bugs keep following him. And obviously he has the ability to speak to bugs and interact with bugs. But the entire time he has no idea what his power is. And he's like, oh, you guys all have powers and I don't. That doesn't seem fair. Why am I here? And then halfway through the movie, they're like, hey, dude, I think you can control bugs. And it's supposed to be this big twist, which I'm sure... For the five-year-olds that this was designed for, this was a big twist, but it was so fucking bashed into my head that I was like, well, this is the worst twist ever. Like, we all knew that. Yeah, the bug guy was hilarious. I liked him. Yeah, this movie was better than My Spy, and everything's better than the other one. Um, <laughs> there's, more, there's, there's more to this movie, for sure. Andrew, what, you haven't talked much about this one, except for your love for the bug guy. What do you think of Secret Society's second-born royals? I mean, it, it, it wasn't that bad. I could sit through it. I didn't have to turn it off. I, the powers were interesting, unique, weird. Uh, but I, I, didn't, I didn't mind it overall. I was a little confused because when you first start watching it, it looks like your typical like high school film. But then you find out they like have superpowers and they're like royalty. I don't know, it kind of threw me off. I didn't expect for it to be like in the middle of New York City. <laughs> it was wild because I had no idea what this movie was about going in. So I thought it was going to be like high school musical-esque. I thought mm -hmm. it was going to be these people, they're in a high school, maybe someone's like doing a crime, they have to figure it out, kind of like Sherlock Holmes in a high school. That's kind of what I was thinking. And they kind of set up where it's this rebellious badass in a high school. And you're like, okay, I see where this is going. This is going to be like a high school movie. And then Disney takes out their superhero penis. They just slap you in the face with it out of nowhere. And you're like, holy shit, this is another superhero movie. I did not see that. Yeah, neither. I had no idea when I hit play on this movie either. I thought it was going to be like a spy movie. It's called Secret Society of Second Born Royals. So I knew it was going to be like the Second Born Royals were like going to like create like a, I thought it would be like a spy organization to save the First Born Royals or whatever. I had no idea it was going to be about superpowers for some reason. That's what really threw me through a loop. Mm -hmm. Somehow the second-born children have superpowers, and that's what I never really understood why or how. But you just kind of just go with it because they tell you to. I'm like, fuck it, why not? Also, also, uh, one thing before we wrap this film up. This film, you got a lot to say, but the dude that can control, that could just tell people to do anything and they do it, that's his power. Uh, for the training montage of, you know, every superhero movie has to have a training montage, and they're all training. And, you know, the bug guy has to interact with a bunch of bugs at once. The girl that can turn invisible, I believe. She can just, uh, she has to turn invisible for a certain length of time. But no, no, no. The dude that can interact with anybody and tell them to do anything, his ability is, his training session is he just gets to play with the dog. <laughs> That's right. They were like, oh, this guy's power is so overpowered that he has nothing else to practice. He just tells people to do something and they do it. Maybe, hear me out, maybe his training should have been they gave him possible examples to use against the bad guy. Like maybe he could have like read some script and went, oh yeah, I could tell him to kill himself. That would work really well. 
that might have been more effective when he actually went up against the bad guy because maybe he was used to telling the dog, hey, sit for 30 seconds, good boy. And then when he goes against the bad guy, he's like, hey, stand still for 30 seconds. Maybe uh, the training was bad. And you know, even with the dog, he told he told the dog to like eat something bad, didn't he? And the dog actually got like kind of sick. Like he was more mean to the dog than he was the actual bad guy. Like he could. You guys him. weren't. You guys weren't. Do you guys not pay attention to the reveal at the end? No, no, I know. I was about to say that. Dogs, all right. You had to learn how to control people without his powers. That was yeah. the whole point. I think this movie was great. It's a solid thumbs up. I was pretty harsh on it once we started talking about it, but I kind of won myself back over. <laughs> this film is just so wild. It's ridiculous enough to be fun. The plot's just generic. The plot's not silly. Yeah. The plot should have been silly. The same with the concept. The concept was real silly. The powers were silly. The plot was just the same plot in every superhero movie. There's a bad guy. They got to stop him. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, I agree. Very generic story with a very ungeneric characters. All right. And speaking of a generic story, a really a story that wasn't even the original film. And we have here at number 57, we have Corona Zombies. And you would think this is Andrew's number 60, but it's still not. We still haven't gotten to our least favorite. Yeah, this movie wasn't very good. Yeah, so Tristan's definitely the lowest here. We have Corona Zombies. I have it at number 53. Andrea has it at 55. And Tristan has it at 59. Yeah, you want to go over why you picked it, or is the reason pretty obvious? Uh, yeah, the reason should be pretty obvious. For those that don't know, Corona Zombies is actually a film that they just stole footage from other movies, threw it on, slapped that bad boy on an editing table, and just muted it and threw on some dialogue about 2020 references. And honestly, I'll tell you right now, this film absolutely blows, but I freaking loved it this is a i don't have a trifecta this year or i have a trifecta of two i have two movies here that for me are so bad they're good and this is one of them it's at number 53 because i had maybe three or four glasses of wine and i loved it i was freaking laughing my ass off the whole time i was in love with this movie it truly sucks it really does there is nothing good about it but it is so great yeah, the concept of this one's, like, fun and fine and all. Um, most guys just didn't find it funny. I found it more boring than anything else. It's only an hour, and boy, did it feel long. It felt like the longest hour of my life. I was like, man, this is only an hour long. I probably watched it for about 40 minutes. It should be almost done. I was 15 minutes in. Um, <laughs> this movie felt so long for only being an hour. It wasn't funny with my – I love the concept, and I love so bad they're good movies. This wasn't so bad it was good because there was something fun about it. It was just boring. The, the best parts, like, so the movie has some scenes where they cut. It was just, like, one woman in, like, a house that they rented, like, one camera. And they'll kind of just follow her around. She's mostly talking on the phone and watching the news. And then the news is, of course, all the B-roll footage from other zombie movies. They just slapped on there and had voiceover of the news anchor talking about the footage or whatnot. That's the entire movie. But I, um, the best parts I thought were with the one random female. I love that when she went into the shower, the scene where she goes into the shower, and she has her clothes on in the shower. The shower's turned on. She's yeah. in there. You see, like, shoulder up. And you can clearly she's wearing a T-shirt in the shower. Yeah, why yeah. she didn't take the T-shirt off, I don't know. Um, like, I, why wouldn't she just take the shirt off? Why is she wearing a shirt in the shower? It's never explained. Um, that's probably my favorite part of the entire movie because that was fucking ridiculous. The rest of the movie was just, like, B-roll footage of other zombie films that I don't really know um, or care about with some pretty shitty voice acting over top of it. And it just wasn't funny <laughs> was my biggest thing. It wasn't entertaining. 
I do agree. It did it did feel like it was pretty long considering it's only an hour. Like it did drag for quite a bit. But man, I just uh, maybe it's because I had a lot to drink. Maybe I was just in a good mood that night. But man, uh, all the 2020 references, I was laughing. I loved when they were making Karen jokes, when they were making jokes about the toilet paper, when they were making jokes about bats. I was yeah, living this, for it. This hour-long movie would have been a really great 20-minute YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, th- this is a good YouTube. Yeah, this definitely just feels like a YouTube video. And quality and content uh, it does just feel like a stretched-out YouTube video. But man, no, I, I loved it. I My favorite parts were when it was the dubbed-over stuff. And they would like the actual footage would be like a dude having like this intense monologue. Like you would see the guy moving his lips for like a minute straight, but the actual dubbed version where they just threw some 2020 jokes on top, the guy would just say, Oh, let's go left. But then the guy, but then it still shows the guy moving his lip for like another 20 seconds because he's saying something else, but you don't actually hear it. I love it when it's like they purposely had the dubbed so bad just because it's hilarious looking. I was cracking up. Yeah, I I definitely think for me personally, I had had a couple drinks by that point. And, you know, I, I did think some parts were funny. I like the dubbed over stuff. One of my favorite parts is this guy literally, they're in this house and he starts putting all these dresses on randomly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're like, oh, and all his friends come in after he's about to be like ate by the zombies or whatever. And they're like, oh, he finally got her cross-dressed before he died or I don't yeah. know. I think the line was, at least he died doing something he loved as he was dying <laughs> he, while he was getting eaten alive with a dress on. Yeah. yeah no, there's some, I, I thought there's some great lines. I know Andrew's favorite that she must have just forgot here was when they were on the boat and they were trying to sail away from all the zombies and the zombies are on the land trying to like grab at them and they go, oh, look, they're waving at us because their hands are <laughs> waving in the air. No, Aww. it's just a bunch of stupid jokes. Yeah, stupid I think you stuff. need to have a few drinks going in yeah. and I think the fact that me and Andrew were there together, I think you need to be with people. Yeah, I was by myself. I was completely sober by myself. Um, I agree. If I was with some buddies and we were drinking or whatever, um, it probably would have been a, almost certainly would have been a better time than sitting by yourself. It was just kind of stupid. It didn't quite land the so yeah, bad. Yeah, no, it's very thing. dumb. It just yeah, so none dumb. of the jokes are clever. They're all horrendous. But uh, I thought they they really they really tickled me funny. I was freaking dying. I I laughed at least like once every five minutes, which it, it, which felt like once every twenty minutes because it does feel like it's a long movie. But I cracked up. I thought it was pretty funny. But uh, it's, it's still a god-awful movie. If you're sober, if you don't like to drink, don't watch this. If you don't have any friends, don't watch this either. <laughs> I'm both of those things. Yeah. So. But uh, I do think, I just think this is a fun 2020 movie. I don't think I would ever rewatch this. Or maybe in like a few years' time, I'd like to watch it and just reflect on just some of the crazy memes of 2020. Because this really was just a movie with a bunch of 2020 memes. They got the Karens. Yeah. They got the toilet paper. It was just a fun time. I feel like Netflix's Death of 2020 is probably just like a better version. Of what no, be. no. Have you seen 20, Death of 2020? Yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought oh, it was better I, than I, this. I, I, no, that was dumb. It was them trying to be funny. This one was just them trying to be dumb, and I, I liked this one way more. That's fair. I thought that's 20 was pretty decent. I thought I, I agree. I didn't find it as funny as a one or two. I certainly didn't find it as funny as they wanted me to. It <laughs> yeah, really yeah. Hard in that yeah, I think they really thought they hit a hit a home run with that one, and it it, it was a swing and miss for me. I did think it was better because at least it was more like a recap of the year where this was really just like a not even a recap of the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
But like just to show how ridiculous this is, because they stole footage of another zombie movie. So the outbreak takes place at a soup factory, but because they stole the footage and they turned it into a 2020 movie, they're like, oh, this is a bat soup factory. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so because they couldn't actually make their own movie, they just had to create this ridiculous reason as to why most of the film's at a soup factory. And it really jumped around location. Some scenes is, like, pretty clearly, like, in, like, South America or Mexico or something, and then yeah. other scenes mm-hmm. are pretty clearly, like, in Africa in the middle of a forest. Other scenes are, like, in the middle of a city. Yeah. And it, it really, there's no continuity. No, um, and they're all different that's characters. part of the fun, um, if there is any fun to be had in this movie. Like I said, overall, I just found it more boring than funny. That's more, fair. More boring than I, I also had a good laugh at when the uh, the person got eaten alive at the soup factory, and the person looks up and goes, oh, wow, I guess we're at the tomato soup section. And they're like, that's not tomato soup. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on, this film's classic. It writes itself. All right, so anything else to say, Andrea? I thought you were just about to say something for Crazy oh, Zombies. I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. But didn't you look the two films up that they use, and wasn't one called Strippers and Zombies or something? Yeah, yeah, it was like Strippers and Zombies. Good name. <laughs> yeah, great. yeah, one of them was very clearly in a strip club. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and I will there. say, that stuff wasn't funny. I thought the Strippers and Zombies was just <laughs> dumb. I didn't think that any of that was actually funny. So every time that segment went on, I was kind of like, all right, time to go fill up the wine glasses and we can skip this section. So. Yeah. You must have had a lot of wine then. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's why I liked it so you much. It yeah. <laughs> all right. So we can move on to the next film here. And this is my second least favorite. We just discussed Tristan's second least favorite. But we're here to discuss Trolls World Tour. We Whoa. have you really you hated this movie that much? What? Wow. I, I I will get on to this. Uh, so Trolls World Tour, Tristan gave it number forty eight. Andrew gave it fifty six. I gave it fifty nine. I hated this movie. This this was horrible. I didn't like anything about this movie. What? I liked. I thought this one was perfectly fine. I thought it was a, it was a pretty cute kids movie. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I think it was just a culmination of everything. I watched both of them back-to-back, Trolls and Trolls 2. And I watched the first Trolls, and I didn't like it at all. I thought, wow, this was generic. This was horrible. I want something that's not generic. And then this film showed up, and it actually listened. I I, I guess I got what I wanted, because this was not generic. This was weird. This film was on shrooms. The producers were just out of their mind. Uh, we got a horse that turned into two yodelers. We have this weird rock person that's like mean for no reason. Um, I, I don't know what it was. I think one of them was this is like the Trolls movies are just a bunch of music songs that don't connect in any way. Just so you can listen to good music. I think that's kind of the whole point of these movies. And I don't really like music, but at least the first one had good songs. I like the songs in the first one. I don't like any of the songs in this one, except for... The, uh, the classical group, I guess I like classical music. I liked those guys, uh, but they only sung like a quarter of the song and then they died. And then I liked Crazy Train when they sang that, but that was only like a bit of the song as well. It wasn't even the whole one. Uh, every other song, I, I hated. I didn't think any of the music was good. And I think that, what's her name? The, uh, the Poppy. main girl, Poppy. Poppy. I hate her. I think she is a horrible lead character the, uh, the branch guy, like the, the, the super down bummer guy, 
He just wants to live his best life. He just wants to chill. He just wants to live in the branches and kind of do his own thing. And he's like warning them, hey, don't give them this string. Don't do something stupid. Don't try to send this letter. Like he gives them logic after logic. And then Poppy's just like, ah, Branch, you're so dumb. Let's just do this anyways. And then it fucks him over because Poppy's an absolute idiot. And then she's like, well, Branch, now you have to help me or else I'm going to threaten to like, she like threatens him by like, oh, I'm going to tell people where your home is. Oh, I'm going to do this and that. And so the Branch has to like tag along and help her out when he literally doesn't do anything. Branch is the hero. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I get the main character being a little annoying. Poppy isn't the most lovable main character. Um, I didn't hate her, but she was most definitely that. They always make like the main characters of kids movies, like, exceptionally stupid just to drive the plot and most definitely did that in this movie yeah this um, movie for no reason. yeah this movie purely existed because poppy made like three horrendously bad moves yeah it was completely dependent yeah. on her being an idiot but like overall i thought the music was probably fine in this movie i thought it was, i hated how generic the first movie was i saw the first one first when it, back when it came out i haven't rewatched it since only thing i remember about it was feeling this is the most generic movie i've ever watched in my life this movie was very much not generic and that's why i liked it a lot more Hence why I have it, like, 11 points higher than Quentin does on the list here. <laughs> I really liked it. And obviously how they, you know, they sort of kind of tackled racism in a sideways yeah. way. Um, I thought they tackled it in a pretty decent way. I thought the ending where the whole lesson was that they ended up did just making some generic pop music at the end was was maybe not the great song to pick for that moment. But other than yeah. that, I thought they tackled decently, a decently heavy subject in a, in a pretty pretty solid way. Um, I really like all, how all the different lands are like, based on different musics. You know what I mean? I like There's that. Classic area and like the jazz and like the rock right and then you have like the, like the nomads who don't really have their own place but they want like the yodelers and the you know what i mean and the other you know more like subgenres of music that want their own place but they don't really have any um the k-pop and all that kind of stuff i thought that was all really fun i thought you know, i thought the concept was really fun i thought the music was pretty solid and i thought you know it was a pretty solid kids movie i, I enjoyed it yeah I also just think all the characters are extremely unlikable except for branch who i think is supposed to be the unlikable one like yeah, I agree with you there. I agree with you. I do think that Poppy is not a very likable main character. She's yeah, I, I can't. Available. Every time she talks, I can't stand her. And then I the the little what's it called the, the, the little silver guy that you see at the top of the poster, and how he keeps saying the word daddy that makes me uncomfortable. That was yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> oh, sorry for trampling over Andrew here, but yeah, like I man. Every, like he says daddy I, i'm not this is a children's movie and he says daddy and and this isn't like a kid calling their dad daddy this is like this is explicitly sexual he's like they call me daddy they call him daddy at least like 20 times this movie and it get, i cringe every time i don't know i just think the film is just so weird she had like this thing called chomper that hides in her hair the like chomper this film, it was on acid. I liked, I liked how weird it was, but it all made sense. Not that any of it didn't make sense. It all made pretty good sense. It was just weird, though. Weird stuff happened all the time, and I enjoyed that. I thought that was the best part of it. As far as the kids' movies go, at least it tried something new. That's what I hate about the first Trolls movie. It was so yeah. generic. Yeah, it's really, weird. Really yeah, tried I'd... something, and they tried to tackle like, pretty, a pretty heavy topic for a kids' movie. And I thought they did a pretty good job of it. I thought overall, the movie was pretty, pretty good for kids. I can really see kids liking this a lot. Yeah, kids will like it, so it's good for them. I don't really care too much for this film, and I agree. It was not generically the first one, so I, I don't know how I can explain why I liked the first one more. I think I liked the scene with the Let Your True Colors Shine when they all gave up hope and they all 
got their skins darkened because they didn't have the joy anymore. And then they sung that song and that was like such an epic ending, right? The final song was their final moment of triumph. And I thought that was great. And I think this film, they all kind of got darkened again, right? She got all the strings. Spoiler, the bad guy, the plot is she has to get all six strings from all six music genres to become the ultimate musician and control all the trolls. That's a pretty trolls. fun plot. That's a pretty fun plot. Well, it's, it's very... Infinity Stones ask, but it's fine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I was really excited to watch this ending. I thought, wow, this is a fun, this is going to lead to a great ending. I was expecting the let your colors shine moment to be like tenfold here because it was all the all the trolls community coming together and her controlling everyone. Uh, yeah, I forgot what song it was, but it was just generic, unexciting. The last song was a bad pick. They yeah. really whiffed on the last song. It wasn't good. It was not a good song. And it was way too, they also did teach how like, Pompey, the main character, wanted all the people to start singing pop, right? She thought, well, if we all just, you know, it's great. Pop's the best genre. We should all sing pop. We're like, no, no, no. We don't want to adapt your genre or mix our genre to your genre. We want our genre to be our genre, right? Yeah. But then in the end, they all sung pop. And that's yeah. why I hate it. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I thought the whole lesson here was like, it's okay that people are different and people have different genres that they like and they don't like their genre. Obviously, it's talk about race and whatnot and culture in general. Um, but then in the end, they all sang a super generic pop song. That's the thing I really didn't like. Yeah. So I, the film's not as bad as I'm making it sound. It, it is a fine film. Kids will like it. I just do think, yeah, they, they, they whiffed the ending. I think this film could have been pretty strong if they did that. Uh, Andrew hasn't spoke yet this time. I've been over, <laughs> overshadowing her. What's your thoughts on Trolls World Tour? Well, you said most of what I wanted to say, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just a basic bitch, but I like the first Trolls better. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it, I, I probably am, but <laughs> I don't know. I think it just had to do with them doing a good deed for the really ugly chick. I don't know which her name was. <laughs> yeah, the, the troll. And yeah. then them falling in love or whatever. But as far as Trolls World Tour, I mean, I like the different genres, the areas. It's basically everything you guys have already said. It's it's an okay film. It just wasn't for me. I mean, kids would probably eat this up. So it it probably did did it do well. I have no idea. Uh, it's it was on VOD, so there's no way to actually know. But according to Universal, they're very happy with how it did. They said it made more money. They made more money off it than the first one. They claimed. Wow. So it did pretty and well. The first one made a lot. The first one made bang. So kids liked it. What can you say? Yeah, and that's why I picked up for this movie. All of this, I'm sure you guys all know the, the, the whole controversy over the release of this movie mm-hmm. and the remarks that a uh, Universal made after this movie came out and AMC's response. Yeah. So that's yeah, obviously if, the reason why this is on here. Yeah, if COVID, it's a pretty historic movie. Yeah, if COVID didn't last as long as it obviously has, a Universal might have almost shot themselves in the foot <laughs> for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, Universal was ready to die on this hill for this movie, so they must love it. But it paid off, I think. Obviously, I think we knew coronavirus going to last a while. It was so definitely a good move, yeah. Yeah, it was, was definitely a worthwhile move. All right, so we can move on to number 55 here. And we're finally made it. We finally made it to Andrew's worst film of the year. <laughs> so curious. Yeah, it only took us... I feel us, like I know what it is. It only, well, I hope so. You picked it. It only took us <laughs> you, five movies to get here. But uh, the sixth worst film of the year, or the worst film of the year, according to Andrea was the meme that me and Tristan were talking about for the last month or so, and that is a recipe for seduction. What? This is your lowest? You had this below Last Days of American Crime? <laughs> okay. How dare you? Let me explain really quick. 
It was really just a short for me. And I don't know. I just felt like anyone that took the time to make a movie, should it should be placed above... <laughs> above a short that's how not I- if your movie sucks wrong <laughs> not if your movie sucks yeah i put this very low as well so i put it at number 58 andrew put it at 60 and tristan put it at 43 so was very high on this i also have it very short for kind of the same reason this is a 15 minute movie it's it's essentially a uh, short 15. 16 oh 60 minutes sorry i forgot about the one minute where uh, the chick where the chicken man was doing it but yeah, this is a 16 minute short and I just couldn't justify putting it anything higher than 58 because in my opinion, Trolls 2 and Last Day of American Crime are just atrocious. But even like My Spy and Second Born Royals, even though they're not good at all, like there's something to them. Like at least it's a movie. At least I like didn't want to kill myself. And this just... I did. I actually really liked it. I wished it was longer. I had a blast with Recipe for Seduction, but it's just hard for me to justify putting a 16-minute thing over actual films for a film ranking. So that's why I kind of yeah, had to keep it here. But th- I don't this discriminate is a based on runtime like these assholes do. Um, I look at the actual quality of the movie and the content there, and this movie managed to tell a better story than some of the other movies on this list, like, say, Corona Zombies or Last Save American Crime, that was two and a half hours. This objectively had a better, more concise story than that one did, and a deeper plot, and it was only 16 minutes. Um, yeah, that's fair. But before I continue, okay, so I obviously heard about this movie, um, you know, Colonel, Sexy Colonel Sanders in a Lifetime movie. I was very excited for it. And we kept saying that Mario Lopez will be Colonel Sanders, right? Well, that one who, although we were saying Mario Lopez, I was thinking George Lopez this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I went into this movie exceptionally excited to see a sexy George Lopez be Colonel Sanders. And then when I hit play, like, wait a second. Oh, shit, it's Mario Lopez, not George Lopez. Boy, was I disappointed. That yeah, was the biggest yeah. disappointment of this whole movie for me. Yeah, George um, Lopez would have been pretty great. Yeah, for those that don't know, it is, yeah, it's about this a very rich woman who is to be estranged to this very rich guy who, you know, is obviously a villain, a twirly mustache villain here. And we have Colonel Sanders, the sexy Mario Lopez, who is here to dish not out George some... Lopez. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, not George Lopez, Mario Lopez, uh, to dish out some Kentucky Fried Chicken to these rich people, and she falls in love with this hunk, and so it's this beautiful love story. Honestly, that's the thing. It was, for 16 minutes, it's all on YouTube if you want to find it. Like, you can just find it on YouTube for 16 minutes. Um, it was a pretty solid story. It's very It's very much like a, any sort of like Hallmark Christmas movie or Lifetime, proving that all those movies can be whittled down to 15 minutes of content, <laughs> not an hour and a half. It's the exact same plot as all of them, and it does it just as well in 16 minutes with fried chicken involved. I really like how the bad guy hears that Colonel Sanders has a secret recipe, and he finds a secret recipe, and he actually shows a secret recipe to the camera. Whether or not that's a real secret recipe or not, I don't know, but they let the bat- cat out of the bag. He finds it. And then there's nothing with it for the rest of the movie. He goes and finds it and never mentions it again for the rest of the movie. He, I thought he was going to hold it as a like blackmail or something, but he doesn't. He doesn't mention the, the secret recipe for the rest of the movie. Like he found it. Uh, besides that one plot hole, uh, this knocked out of the park for me. This was 16 minutes of pure joy. This was a great movie in 16 minutes. And I like short movies. And so the runtime was not a, a, a downfall for me. Um, just because other people waste an extra 45 minutes of my life, I'm not going to give them more credit for it. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing is, I like, right, this is great, but it's not a movie, and this is a movie ranking, so I, it, that's, 
the thing for me is I can't really, it's hard, for, like, similar to documentaries. It's hard for me to compare a documentary to an actual film. It's hard for me to compare a short to a film. That's why it's a separate category for the Academy, which I hope this gets nominated for best short, but uh, Look, that's is- just the big compare. It's just hard for me to actually compare the two when they're really different forms of media in my mind. Obviously, this film is hilarious, and I had a great time, and I kind of agree with Tristan. I actually, when it was over, I kind of looked at Andrew, and I was like, dude, I wish this was longer. Like, why didn't they make this into a movie? They make Hallmark movies a thing. Mm-hmm. Corona Zombies is a thing. Why is this not at least an hour? It could have been. Um, I hope they're going to do a whole, like, you know, film franchises. I want to see a movie with Taco Bell. Um, well, I think the obvious choice here is Wendy's. I think Wendy's is the next go-to. Wendy's, she's yeah, Wendy, Taco Bell and KFC are owned by the same company. Wendy's isn't. So they're going to have to get their own deal of lifetime or something. That's true. Pizza Hut is also owned by the same company, though. So maybe they can do something with that. What are your thoughts on Recipe for Seduction? Yeah, you know, I like Lifetime movies just as much as The Next Girl. And if it wasn't as short as it was, like, say you gave me another 45 minutes, it would have been way higher in my rankings. It was definitely cheesy. I loved it. I loved how the storyline ended. And Mario Lopez was 100% sexy in this. So that makes sense. Yeah, Andrea loved it. She just didn't love it as much as Last Day of American Crime. <laughs> well, yeah, she put it below last season. That's embarrassing. That's, See, like, I put so it at 58, but he, yeah, so he, yeah, even I have my merits. I can't put it lower than Last Day of American Crime. Last Day of American Crime is absolute trash. This, did is, make worth, me, this yeah. is worth the watch. This is 100. See, I think that's where I put it. I would 100 say this is worth the watch. Anything I put below this, I am not confident saying it's worth the watch. This movie is 100% worth the watch. Anything below this, maybe depending on your, your interests or what you like or your age, maybe they are or aren't. Last season American Crime for sure is no. But this is worth the watch. I think for pretty much anybody, unless you're like a, maybe a child, um, this is most definitely worth the watch. You know, and that's why not, I put it up so high. Now that you guys are saying that, yeah, this you're right. This definitely should have been above that. Because At least that, day, yeah. yeah. Because that movie was literally awful. And I would want that no movie one... So bad. I absolutely hate that movie. It was, it was a real bummer, but yeah. And I, I also love how the woman's name was Bunny. I don't know why I thought that was so funny, how they had a chicken man trying to sleep with a woman named Bunny. I just thought they, they really went into the full barnyard theme here. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, so, you know, it's a short. We should have had a short review on it here. All right, so the next film... You know, uh, if Welling was here, it could have been the four Jokers here, but at least we're going to be discussing the next movie here, the Impractical Jokers movie. Oh, this low, you guys. Come oh. on. Uh, Tristan was at the same spot as all of us, unless I don't have the right rating for him, but... Yeah, no, you're right. You're okay. Right. <laughs> I, was I, like, I was like, I thought we were on the same page here. Another yeah. one of my movies. I'm down to, I, this. five of mine are already gone now, guys. Yeah, of we already discussed five of Tristan's, now. and uh, it's it's not stopping. Uh, spoiler. If, if anyone's wondering why, I put this on there just because I love the show. I, I just love the show, Impractical Jokers. They're making a movie for 2020. I had to throw it on there. Come on. Yeah, uh, and so. The movie itself, it was, it was fine. Yeah, uh, I put it at number 54, and Andrea and Tristan both had it at 52. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is another one ranking? that uh, this is another one that I think would have been fun if Welling was on the podcast, because I think he had this in his top 30. Like, I think he was very high on it. 
Good. He at least someone respects. <laughs> someone respects <laughs> art. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you watch the show, you're gonna like 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 you're gonna like this is m- very much just like a long episode of the show with like a couple like short scripted scenes in between. Like most of the script scenes are only about like a minute or two, and then it goes back to like a same sort of like you know what they do in the show where they prank people in real life sort of stuff. So if you like the show, 100% watch this. You're gonna you're gonna have a decent time. An hour and a half, basically an hour and a half episode of the show with some silly plot where they're trying to get tickets to go meet a uh, the Paula, the judge from American Idol or whatever. It was a fun show. It's a fun movie. Yeah, I'm pretty low on this. Uh, I watched it once, and I think the first time I watched it, ironically, I think I had it at 51, 52, but I rewatched it because Andrea didn't watch it with me the first time. It's that kind of show where. You hear the joke once, it's not very funny on a second time. Like, I didn't think it was that funny on a second watching, so it was a little bit lower for me. My biggest issue, and it's an issue that I had both times watching it, an episode of the show was better than this movie because it's the same amount of jokes, but in a 22-minute segment instead of an hour and a half. And that's pretty much it. Like, there's only four jokes that they do which is about the same amount that they would do in the other one right like there's four segments they do like a few like side jokes that's like the bonus material but still as a whole it's not that much tristan said it's like a minute or two of dialogue most of the film is the horrible script you don't get to the first joke until 20 minutes in the first 20 minutes is we get a look at Q's car, and then we get to see the flashback of what they did at the concert, and then the they first are sitting at the origin story of the impractical Joker. Oh, so sorry, the origin story of the heroes we needed to know. You know, I didn't need to know it. Uh, uh, the first twenty minutes are brutal. Uh, I think the script sucks, but the jokes is where it's at. The jokes is great. This film needed twice as much. I wanted about ten segments of jokes instead of four. They most definitely could have used more. It's true. This was, they most definitely could have used more of the actual like joke segments. I think there's there's most definitely more than you get in an episode for sure, but probably not quite enough. It's like barely um, more. I, I, it's like twenty two. Like the show is twenty two minutes of pure jokes. There's no stupid script, and this is probably about thirty five minutes of pure jokes, and then about fifty minutes of horrible script. I liked it. Uh, I, I will say though. And it's just, and I died the first time I watched it. it on an airplane. I watched it on the way to see the family, and I watched it with Andrew the second time, and I died laughing again. It's classic, and that is when my boy Joe, he's my favorite. And the scene is he is applying for the security manager position for a stadium, and so what he does is obviously the three guys on the little headset they tell him, "Hey Joe." Just walk, just say you need to go to the washroom and then just go play basketball out on the court. And Joe's just like, all right, yeah, sorry, can, can I just go to the washroom here? In the middle of the hiring process, just goes to go to the washroom. And then it's such a great shot because then the woman is just sitting there waiting for him to come back from the washroom. You just hear the dribbling and the bouncing of the basketball on the court. And she walks out and watches him play basketball. And then he comes back. And the best line ever, Joe is great at knowing a perfect one-liner. He just goes, man, I just went on the court and was able to play basketball. Your security sucks. Do you need me? <laughs> Man, the, the show is funny. The movie, the, the movie is funny. I think that's yeah. that's most definitely yeah. saving grace. That got me. Uh, that that got me. That gets me every time. That as soon as he goes, "Man, your security sucks." <laughs> uh, gets me every time. That's a classic. If you like the show, one hundred percent watch the movie. 
Um, if the show's not your kind of comedy, it's a very specific kind of comedy where you're pranking, you know, goofing off in front of real people is, you know, most of the jokes and stuff. If you don't like that, you're probably not going to like the movie. There's nothing, there's nothing here that's going to convince you to like it. Um, but if you like the movie, it's just more, you know, four buddies sticking around that you enjoy from the show. You're going to like it. It's, yeah. it's going to be good. What's your thoughts, Andrea? Andrea's a big fan of the show, actually. She really likes it. I love the show. The show, I right? Show yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I do like the show. I do think the show is better than the movie. Uh, it's the same thing you guys are saying is I would have loved more jokes. Less of the storyline. Paul Abdul was like, okay. But I just I just like their jokes. And the storyline was mm, whatever. But yeah, no. Overall, it, it was okay. <laughs> I will say, even though I didn't like the script, uh, even despite the script, I still think Sal is just naturally funny, even with the crappy script. Like, even like during the script segments, whenever Sal talked, Sal it was still funny. I love Sal. I yeah. think he's the funniest. Yeah, so Sal is good. Like, it's, it's fine. I agree with what both of you said. If you like the show, you'll like the movie. Um, I, I think the show is a better version of the movie just because it's faster paced and you get yeah. almost the same content. So well, I still think you should give the movie a watch for the show. Yeah. It's just more yeah. of a goodness that you like with a little bit of, you know, like seeing them do some scripted segments and some yeah. of them are decent. It's fun. You get, to, you get to see your boys again. It's a, it's a good time. I, I didn't hate it. I didn't have an issue rewatching it when Andrea needed to watch it. So <laughs> yeah. it's fine. I gotta watch it again. Why not? Uh, I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Now that I've seen it twice, I think I'm good. But... <laughs> yeah, you've already seen it twice. I've only yeah. seen it one time. That was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. I think watching it twice is good. And then, like, what were they trying to say about Murr in this? Because every time they go to a hotel room, he's doing some kind of, like, crazy party. And all the guys are like, what's Murr up to? It's just to show he's a <laughs> mysterious man. I think he's just the life of the party. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Fun fact, Murr has a super hot wife now, if anyone cares. Just saying. He does, yeah. He does. <laughs> is, is it Sal's? Is it Sal's a uh, sister? Because they married for one of the uh, the punishments. Yeah, he's oh, married really? Sal. No, I, I well, unless Sal's sister's hot, I don't know. But she, <laughs> oh I will God. admit, yeah, she, she's a looker. She's pretty cute. Yeah, so I Mer's was Murr's dad's, dad's favorite. Dad absolutely loves Murr. Oh, really? Really? Murr's my least favorite. Oh no. Murr's Q's my least favorite. Q's the most boring. Well, yeah, yeah. Q's my like for me, it's. Joe, Joe and Sal, huge, huge gap. Sal or Q and Mur. That that's my ranking. I like Mur is just nah. annoying to me, and then yeah, Q's just boring. So like Q's boring. I like it's Sal, Joe, Mur, huge gap, Q. That's fair. Joe's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Me and Andrew <laughs> are big Joe fans. Joe's my favorite. Just Joe so and Sal are, very, are so tight for me. And then just another quick scene is when they're sitting at the picnic table and I don't know, they decide that they might not go to the concert and Joe forgets his daughter's name for the second time. I was like, what are they doing? Like, that's really going to happen. I don't know. Just some of it was a little corny. And then, but I did like that Sal had a freak out moment. <laughs> he was going to do something bad. Yeah, I don't like the picnic scene. I, that <laughs> felt like a scene that they could have just cut out. The film would have been fine. And then... Yeah, the picnic scene, I remember all of us kind of looking and going, this is stupid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the picnic scene is cringy. It's not funny at all. They could have cut that bad boy and given us another 10 minutes of jokes. Yeah, I would have been happy. Anyways, we can move on to the next film here. And I feel like a lot of these films people weren't too familiar with, but this should be one that a lot of people have heard, especially lately. And that is going to be Wonder Woman 84. So the rankings we have here is 
I have it at number 51, Andrea has it at 53, and Tristan has it at 49. So I will say, aside from Trolls World Tour between me and Tristan, we're pretty much in agreement with everything so far. All three of us have really been pretty close on most things. Um, yeah, this, it's so going to get wild. Uh, if anybody's kind of thinking, ah, these guys all have the same opinions, our rankings are a lot more wild, Tristan, than what we had in 2019. Wow. I believe it. I mean, I feel like with bad movies, movies are just objectively bad. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's not true. even like movies are that bad. Most of them are just kind of like, they're lackluster movies that like, we're all probably going to agree aren't the best movies. And so whether you put them 51 or 54, like we agree, okay, it's just not a very good movie. Um, and Wonder Woman 1984 was definitely probably one of the more controversial movies of the year as far as quality goes. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. Uh, clearly all of us, I don't hate it. I'm, I, I'm far from hating it. I just, I don't love it. Yeah, I don't hate it either. I hate the ending. I think the ending is just a CGI mess. Um, and I, I could not tell you, Tristan, how hard my eyes rolled when Pedro Pascal turns to, what's your name? Christian Wig. Christian Wig. Christian Wig. Yeah. Christian Wig. When uh, my I cannot tell you Tristan how hard my eyes rolled when Pedro Pascal looks at Christian Wig and goes, "I'll give you a second wish. What's your wish?" And she's like, "I wish I was the apex predator of the girls. Like, I wish I was the best female ever." But they she specifically says apex predator, so they could like kind of find a loophole to have uh have her turn into a cat. Like, they stretched that as far as they could. They're like, okay, she really wants to be better than Wonder Woman, but we really want her to turn into a cat. What? What's yeah. the wish well, that can connect this? Apex Predator. Well, Cheetah is like Wonder Woman's, like, you know, the Joker to Wonder Woman, the Lex Luthor. Like, probably her arch nemesis, her most iconic villain is probably is probably a Cheetah. Um, and so it makes sense that they want to put her in here. But I think the battle between Cheetah and Wonder Woman was probably the weakest part of the movie because mm-hmm. Cheetah looked straight out of Cats. She looked like one of the people from Cats, um, which is not a good thing, um, in particularly not a big-budget action. You know, There's a pretty high bar now because of Marvel and some of the other DC stuff and superhero movies as far as like, legitimately good superhero movies go, as far as CGI quality and, 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 all, and fight action scene quality. Um, and that battle scene was pitch black, hard to see, and the parts that you could see looked terrible. Yeah. There hasn't been that many superhero movies that came out at all this year. There's a surprising amount, but you're right, no big ones. No, like, actual, yeah. like, So Marvel it's hard for me to really say, but I, I think the pandemic's done it. I think it's spaced out the superhero movies just enough so all the good ones are pushed back, and I've just watched a, quite a few turds this year of superhero films. I think I'm officially done. I think I've seen Endgame. Uh, obviously, if there's going to be a Joker or a movie that takes a superhero film and has a unique concept to it, like, I'm game. I'm good for that. But I, I, I just, I mean, this movie, uh, can, a few other turds, I'm I, I'm done. This isn't new, but you've been pretty fatigued in anti-superhero yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, I've been pretty much, yeah, I've been this over for a while. This is not new. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. And, and there's obviously gems. Like, I do love Endgame, and there's definitely some good movies every now and then. But yeah, I felt the fatigue for a while, and I think this year, yeah. I love superheroes in general. I think superheroes are just fun. I think the movies are fun. This one, um, and I, I, I like what they did. I like the concept of this movie, the whole wishing stone thing. And it was very much like, be careful what you wish for kind of thing. I thought Max Lord was a, uh, I thought he was a cool villain. I thought he had a cool superpower. It's better than just like this big, strong man again. You know what I mean? Like, which is what most super villain, superhero movies have for villains. Just evil man with really high power level. This is this guy's pretty weak. He's pretty scrawny, 
and he just grants people wishes and remembers like a careful what you wish for kind of thing. And I thought that was pretty fun. I thought that was a pretty. I didn't like the wish stone. Uh, I didn't like the wish stone. I thought it was too convenient. Just the storytelling, like it kind of just made so many loopholes and plot holes. Like, oh, how can we get Chris Pine back? Uh, she just wishes he's here. And then, oh, how can we get Cheetah? She wishes she is as cool as Wonder Woman. Oh, and she doesn't realize she's a superhero. So now she has superpowers. That's pretty cool. And then uh, they, it takes away something, right? So it takes away something, like Tristan says, so you, be careful what you wish for kind of thing. And once again, my eyes rolled quite a bit this film. I could not tell you how hard my eyes rolled when they revealed that Christian's, the, the thing that they, they gave Christian all these amazing powers and they the thing they took away from her was her kindness She's now meaner because the thing it took was her being nice to people. What? I, I think the whole Christian Wiggs character, and this isn't anything about her as an actress. I thought she was actually quite good in this movie. I think her character is, in general, just the weakest part of this movie. Yeah, her um, character absolutely sucks. And you're right. Christian's great. She really tried to clean the turd that was her character because her character yeah. sucked. Like, she did pretty good. She tried to shine that turd, but it was still a turd. I feel like if you just took her out of this movie, made it a little shorter and more, you know, made everything that you did have in this movie, Chris Pine coming back, Maxwell Lord, The Witching Stone or whatever, and made it a little more, make it all make a little more sense, I think the movie would have been better overall rather than just adding another subplot in when there's already too much subplots going on and it's already two and a half freaking hours. Yeah. And it was a half-baked, not super great sort of thing that no one really cared for. I get Cheetah's like it's such a big villain in Wonder Woman canon. You're going to add her in the third movie. Or just, if you can't make her look good, because she looked like someone out of cats in a fight, <laughs> you know, like, just don't have her in then. Like, we, it's fine if we don't get her. Like, we don't always need the, the most common or most known villain. Maxwell Lord, I thought, was a cool villain. I thought he was, he was some, this is something new. And in the superhero fatigue, he was very unique and different. And I liked that. Um, and Cheetah was very generic. And we've seen it before. And she looked terrible. And the fight scene wasn't good. And no one really cared. Yeah, so what's your thoughts, Andrew, on Wonder Woman? You were the lowest by Lil. Yeah, so it's pretty clear. I've never been a huge fan of action movies, superhero movies. And like Tristan said, it was two and a half hours. It was, for me, it was so long for me to sit there. And it was okay. Like, I honestly thought this started out okay for me. And I was like, okay, this isn't going to be too bad. But then, yeah, the longer it went, the worse it got. And the cat, when Kristen Wiig turned into the cat, that was, yeah. I was just like, nope. <laughs> I am not a fan of this. Well, so yeah, not a huge fan. Just it just wasn't my thing. I don't honestly think I'll ever really like too many superhero movies. And it's definitely gems for me. Uh, we don't have it on the list here. Spoiler, but Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, Birds of Prey and, and the, the Emancipation of from Harley Quinn. Yeah, oh, well, whatever that long title was, the, the Harley <laughs> Quinn movie. I should like that. I, I that's my highest rated superhero film of the year. It's. I think in my top 40, like it's like 37, I think overall, like for my overall. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, like I had a I good time. I wouldn't have had to add it. it. It wasn't super, it was, that was a good movie. It was sure better than this movie. I thought all the action scenes in this movie looked bad. The one in the mall at the beginning looked really bad. Like you could see, the, essentially see the strings pulling the guys back and stuff. Yeah. The whole time it looked like she was on a skateboard when she was running. She was just like gliding. It didn't look like her feet were on the ground. She was like gliding on the floor. 
Um, the fight scene in on the highway in like a, yeah, the Middle East there. Man, when she dives to save the two kids, I've never in a big budget movie been able to tell they swapped it out for like a, a fake body, like a, just like a like a mannequin, so clearly as they have in that movie. The kids did not look real in that scene. It was so clearly that they swapped them out for just dolls in that in that role scene when she rolls on the ground with them. It was so obvious. I laughed out loud. I couldn't <laughs> believe how bad that looked. Like the scene when she was flying, I think a lot of people tout it as one of the best moments of the movie, and that was pretty decent, all right. I thought that was pretty good. I liked um, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that was fun. That was that you know that was that was pretty good. And like I said, I think the bad guy was probably the strongest part of this. At least something different, something unique. They tried something with this movie. Um, it didn't all land, but I think parts of it most definitely did. I think the thing that they failed the hardest on was the things that every other superhero movie succeeds the best on, and that was the action scenes. At least in most Marvel movies, even most DC movies, the crappy movies still have decent fight scenes, and this was a decent movie with crappy fight scenes. And I couldn't believe that that's what they screwed up on. The thing that every other movie that succeeds. They absolutely failed on. I thought all the fights in this movie were pretty atrocious. Yeah, and I also I never seen the first Wonder Woman, so I watched them twice. Like I watched both of them in the same day, which they're both two and a half hours long. So I watched about five hours worth of Wonder Woman. So that probably topped it off for me for this movie. I was just so drained and over this film. The first one's for sure stronger, and I think one thing we haven't talked about here, but I think Gal Gadot's performance in this movie and Pedro Pascal's all 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 the performances in the movie were actually really good. I think Algodo is a perfect casting choice for this. I think a, uh, Pedro Pascal is just having a moment right now. He's in everything and doing really good in all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Pine's always fun and entertaining. And as we said, Christian Wiig was – her character was god-awful, but she was pretty great in it. Um, so I think the performances are really good. I think that's that might have been one of the strongest parts of the movie. Like I said, everything else besides that was, was, was generally pretty good. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I was just also going to add that – Two things I really liked about this movie, or just random thoughts, were I really love this cover. This cover actually made me want to watch the movie. I don't know if it was just because it's really colorful or what, but I loved it. And I also think that this girl is probably the hottest superhero girl I've ever seen. And I feel like that probably got a lot of people to watch the film as well. I don't know. Yeah, Gal Gadot is just naturally gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. when we started, Andrew was like, holy shit, this woman's hot. I was like, yeah, <laughs> no, she is, yeah. Like, it's a perfect casting show. She's a great Wonder yeah, Woman. Yeah, no, she's I really, really good. Uh, I'm, I've never been a big Wonder Woman fan. Actually, I've never been a big fan of most superheroes. But uh, for the character Wonder Woman, yeah, Gal Gadot kills it. She is really I'm good really at this fun. character. Yes. And I remember during one of the action scenes, me and Andrew were like, oh, this is horrible. And then we both went... Yeah, but Gal Gadot is just doing a really good job. Like she, she's yeah. great. She crushed it. She really, really did. And the marketing, as Andrew pointed out, the posters for the movie, the posters all look awesome. Yeah, I actually think I actually think the posters and trailer hurt the film as a whole because they're so colorful and so fun. I thought this was going to be an eight. Like it's called Wonder Woman eighty four, and it's in like the aesthetics of the early eighties. I thought it was going to be like a very bright, fun film, and most of the action scenes are like in deserts or during the nighttime with a stupid cheetah, like, yeah, so the one dull. at the beginning was yeah. supposed to be sort of that callback in the mall. I think that's why they made it where you can kind of look like she's floating and you can kind of see the strings pulling the people back because that's sort of what it is like back in like the 80s sort of action movies. So I think that was on purpose. And so that's why I actually liked, my favorite action for sure was the one in the mall, even though it looked a little silly and campy. I think it was supposed to. And that most definitely harked on the 1980s motif of the movie, the best of any scene in the movie. Yeah, I wish the whole film was very 80s style, but it seemed like they dropped it pretty quickly. They dropped, yeah, they dropped it once the actual plot kicked in. But I also like the whole the, um, Chris Pine sort of 
humor with Gal Gadot where he's now learning and catching up to the 1980s. And I also really like the joke where she's like, how'd you find me? He goes, the phone book. Who knew it was future proof? Which is obviously a joke because now in our future, it's no longer a thing, phone books, right? So there were some funny 80s jokes that I enjoyed. No, I agree. I agree. All right. So we can go on to the next film here. And back to back, we have big controversial blockbuster films because we have at number 52 out of 60, we have Mulan. Oh, I was thinking what it could be. Okay, yeah, Mulan, all right. Still only mine and Quentin's. Andrews and Wellingsles have not touched this at all. Yeah, yeah, me and... I I definitely made a huge mistake when I picked my movies. Or maybe me and Tristan made a huge mistake because we're all here on the bottom. Yeah, we got all the crap. (laughs) Yeah, because... But it's a lot funner to talk about yours. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's fun to crap on those. Yeah, because for those that are paying attention, uh, even though Wellingsles on this podcast, he does have 15 movies here. We just haven't gotten to them. I put it at number 55, Andrea put it at number 42, and Tristan put it at 53. So me and Tristan are pretty much neck to neck here. This is kind of the first big break here. Andrea's over 10 away from the two of us. So Andrea, yeah, I think here, we you have can... that Trolls World Tour. I think I was about 10 higher than you, Quentin, on that one. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is right. the yeah, this is the second kind of big difference we have here. So Andrea, you're definitely the highest on it. So kind of start it off here. What's your thoughts on Mulan? I didn't think it was as bad as people said it was. You know, maybe I'm not the biggest Disney fan, but I don't know. I didn't I didn't think it was too bad. They did make some mistakes. Like, they didn't have her cut her hair. And, I mean, some of the fight scenes were, eh, they were okay. But, like, overall, I just didn't think it was that bad. I thought she I thought she did a pretty good job, even though, you know, she kind of screwed up with the media making a bad statement. But overall, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I really yeah. hate this movie. Uh, what about you, Trist? <laughs> yeah, well, okay, here's the thing. I agree. What Andrea says, where at the end of the day, it's still pretty solid. It's because the story itself of Mulan is a pretty compelling and pretty great story, right? It's a good story. It was just all the the beats. It's a pretty compelling, pretty interesting story with some pretty lovable characters. And I think the main actress, um, her political viewpoints and stuff aside, I think she she did pretty great here. I I thought her performance was pretty solid. I I thought she was a pretty good good Mulan. Now the, but I agree. Overall, I this movie was super disappointing. As with the vast majority of these live-action Disney remakes, mm-hmm. and I am a pretty big Disney fan. Um, I've watched pretty much most of the stuff that they put out. The things I hate about this movie is they got rid of arguably one of the best characters from the original, Mushu, because they wanted this to be a more grounded and more realistic movie, I think was their claim, right? Yeah. They want this to be more... And so having a talking dragon um, voiced by Eddie Murphy apparently didn't fit that, that realistic thing that they're going for. And I was, I was fine with that going in. But then they have these absolutely ridiculously stupid fucking scenes. Like when the teapots get flown up into the air when she's at the match thing, And she freaking Spider-Man catches them all. Like Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, the plate, just catching everything on the tray. <laughs> like just magically catches everything because they want us to be realistic. And then they have the freaking old guy who has a sword in his holster as he's being attacked by a bunch of Huns. He rips a curtain off the wall, rips the curtain in two, and kills two people at the same time with a freaking curtain when he has a sword in his holster. Like, why are we killing people with curtains as realistic? They couldn't have a dragon because it was not realistic. But you can catch plates like Spider-Man and kill people with curtains for no reason. There are these ridiculously stupid scenes that make no sense in the movie, right? When they could have either just not had them. The dishes broke 
like two minutes later. Just have the dishes fall on the ground and break. He has a sword in his pocket. Pull the sword out and kill the guy with the sword. These things could happen if they want to make the movie more realistic, like they claimed. And they, but they threw these ridiculously stupid scenes that make no sense and add nothing to the plot except making it stupid and less realistic. And they cut Mushu out for no reason. And it was dumb. And I hated that. I hated how they wanted to be more realistic and gone to these ridiculously stupid ends for no point. The, the plates and stuff wasn't something that bothered me as much as you from the sounds of it. But I don't understand how they can't have the character Mushu, who adds a lot to the original story but they can have a woman that could turn into birds and phoenixes and fly around because she's a sorceress. Like, I don't know how a sorceress is more believable than a little dragon that's sent as a guide or a guardian. To me, I can't fathom how that's more realistic in their mind. That's what drives me crazy. And I think that might have something to do with more of, like, more true the original Mulan legend. I, I could be wrong on that, though. I think like there was a sorceress of some sort in the original Mulan legend, and so they wanted to add her back in to be more true to the, the original lore. But I could be wrong on that. No, I'm sure you're right. But also on the flip side, the, the plates and stuff that you're mentioning, it was in the style of Chinese war films, like the uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, one of the Chinese films that I saw a year or so ago, because it's in the top 1,000. That film has that style of fighting and technique with like the martial arts. So... Like, all the stuff they're doing here, like the Phoenix, like the place, there's, like, a purpose to it. I just don't think it fits well for at least what I was hoping for for this movie. And no. one thing that Andrew said with the haircutting, I agree. I'm glad you brought that up. That's a scene that is really important to me in the first film. Well, first film. The original film. I rewatched the animated one before this one. And when she cuts her hair, and, the, and like, that scene where she turns herself into a guy and runs off on the horse... Like, that is a segment that takes, like, two minutes long. It's her singing the Reflection song. It is powerful. It is great. Some really beautiful shots there. And then this one, there there, there was nothing. It was, like, two seconds and she was gone. And it was extremely unpowerful. I thought her and her dad's relationship in the animated one is great. In this one, I thought it was kind of cheesy. And I thought it was annoying. Like, just everything about this movie was just inferior in every way to the original. Like, I yeah. can keep comparing everything. Everything about it just did not work yeah. that well for me. Yeah, they got rid of Mushu, who was the main comedic relief of the original movie. So this movie was nowhere near as funny. In fact, this movie had no jokes in it at all. It just wasn't a comedy, which is fine. Not everything needs to be. But the original one was both hilarious, right? And then the original one was also much more touching, right? As you mentioned, with the cut on the hair scene. And the relationship with the father, I agree with. Like, they never even had the line. And obviously, they share lines in these kind of remakes, the live-action ones. The important quotes, right? And one of the important quotes from the original is, the greatest honor of all was having you as a daughter, which also yes. a very emotional, hard-hitting scene. That was never spoken. At the end of the movie, they, like, hugged, and he smiled at her, and that was fucking it. Like, there was no emotional grasp. They failed on the comedy. They failed on the emotional grasp. They failed on the action scenes because they were over-the-top and stupid. They failed in every regard. The one thing that they did try, and they tried to make this different from the original, and I know me and Quinn have harked on these movies for not trying anything new and not pushing the envelope. Like, The Lion King was just copying and paste with shitty new CGI, right? The Lion King was the exact same thing. At least here they tried new things, um, but by trying those new things, they, they removed the comedy, the heart, the soul of the movie. They removed all of that and gave us a super bland and generic action film that I just didn't care about at all. Yeah, no, I agree, yeah. They tried something new, and because of that, this is better than Lion King from 2019. 
but that's it. Oh, yeah. It's better than that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them that. They did something new, so therefore you are not as horrible as Lion King. But that is all you get. I think this is the second worst live action I've seen. It, it might be, you're right, it might be worse than Dumbo. And that's saying a lot. I did not like Dumbo. Oh, uh, well, well, me and Andrew are actually very high on Dumbo. So yeah, this is yeah, definitely... I, I don't like Dumbo. I hate Dumbo. Dumbo. Yeah, uh, I, cried. I, I cried to the live action Dumbo, to be honest. Really? I did. I hated, I hated the kids. I couldn't stand the kids. Yeah, no, yeah, the kids were annoying. But uh, the scene where he says goodbye to his mom in the live action one, to me... Well, well we're not getting it. We already discussed it last year. But yeah, I, I liked the Dumbo remake uh, way more than That's this fair. one. It's better than this one for sure. This isn't anywhere near, obviously, like Aladdin or, or, or Jungle Book, which I think are both probably the best in live action remakes at this point. I like Aladdin, um, but I, I mean, I just still like Dumbo more. Wait, am I wrong? I That's thought Aladdin wasn't that good, or was it Lion King that was really bad? Lion King was really bad. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Aladdin, Aladdin, was was, Aladdin was pretty good. It was, it was fine. Um, yeah, this movie failed. I love the original cartoon. And I think this, Mulan made sense to me as one that could theoretically be better in live action form. Because yeah. it's not unlike in a um, Lion King's sake where the animation now is just not as good as the original hand-drawn animation. The new CGI looks crappy. This is a movie mostly with humans. It's so theoretically, the ones that are mostly humans could possibly be better than the original animated one yeah, with better action scenes and keep the same sort of fun and all that kind of stuff. But it failed in everything. It well, failed in every way. Like, this is a war movie, right? Like, war yeah. movies translate better in live action. Like, I thought this could have actually been just as good as the animated one. Like, I really thought this could have been great. If you remember, at the beginning of 2020 on the Pop Topic podcast, I had this in my top three most anticipated films of the year. Yeah. I was You're really excited. Pumped. You were pumped, yeah. Yeah. I was too. This one really failed. On, it, it, it clearly didn't understand what made the original one great. The yeah. action scenes were the weakest part of the original movie. Everything else in that original movie was so freaking good, though. The characters, the relationships, the comedy. It was all the music. All knocked out of the park in the original. All just cut from this movie. It had none of that. All of the best parts from the original just weren't here. And what we were left with was just boring and dull and super generic. All right, Andrew. So, got anything else to say? You know, all I was going to say is, yeah, the very ending scene, I remember looking at Quentin and being like, are they in a construction zone? Because it literally <laughs> looked like they were fighting at the top of a construction zone. What do you say? Like they must have ran out of money yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, I said their budget was out. They were just like on twigs, and yeah, it was a, yeah. That, that was a weird final fight. Yeah, it was really weird. And then I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a girl. I have no idea. But I actually cried at the end. It wasn't as emotional as the animated, but like I don't know. I still teared up whenever the end happened. So yeah, other than that. That's I cried at the end of the animated one, that's for sure. Yeah, the end of the animated one's pretty touching. It's pretty. Yeah, as soon as he says, uh, the greatest honor is having you for a yeah. daughter. Yeah, I, I, I ain't ashamed to admit it. I cried in the animated one. I, that's I, a good freaking line, man. He knocks it out of the park. Yeah, that's a good line. Oh, man. Well, what a great ending. She, like, pulls, she's like, I have this medal from the emperor. This is the sword of Shenzhou. Like I did, like I did this for you, father. Like I did this for the family. I finally brought you honor, and he was like, "Nah, bitch, you were always the honor." You know, it's more emotional movie, than that, man. but you know, very touching. All right, so we can move on to the next film here, and something that might be just as touching is we finally got to Welling's first movie. Woo! 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 Still haven't reached Andrea's, but you know. All right, and that will be the first of four Small Axe films, Alex Weedle. 
Yeah. Have you guys seen all five, or you guys just see the four that are on the list? Oh, we just saw the four. We haven't seen Lovers Rock. Okay, I've seen all of them. Where, uh, okay, yeah. Well, quickly, since we don't have to worry about Lovers Rock, of the five, uh, where does that rank for you? Lovers Rock? Yeah. Um, Probably in the middle. Probably smack... That or... That or second worst. It's either in the middle. I, the top two for me are very clear. The third and fourth are pretty, pretty in the middle. And this one's for sure the worst, in my opinion. Okay. Like, this is my least favorite. Okay, I've heard that Lover's Rock is kind of up there with Mangrove as, like, one of the best two. So I, I, get why, I get why other people would say that. Like, I understand why. The atmosphere and vibe are very strong. The okay. actual plot is pretty weak. The That's atmosphere cool. and vibe are, are very strong. It very hits home with the atmosphere and vibe. All right, so we have the ranking here. Me and Andrew have it at the same spot here at number 46. And Tristan, just a little bit lower by eight here. He has it at 54. And where is this overall? Because it's not on the screen here. You didn't put the Sorry, over. yeah, I, I should have done that as well. It's number 51. 51. Okay, so it's pretty much right in the middle between us. Yeah, this this one was fine. I thought just thought for sure this was the weakest. I thought it was just the most boring, the one I cared for the least of all of them. It overall just didn't really provide me with anything that, like, there's nothing here I really cared about. I just didn't care about any of the characters. They're, they're, it was just super bland and kind of boring to me. Yeah, this is one that doesn't really age as well. And I don't mean that in like a bad way, just in more of like a forgettable way. Because right when I watched it, I was pretty high on it. I liked it. I, I like. I thought it was a good story about a character that's based on a true story, right? Like this is about an actual person, Alex Weedle, and yeah. how he grew up in his past. And I thought it was a pretty good story. I liked it. And it kind of just kept falling lower in my rankings throughout the last month and a half because it's just, it doesn't have a moment that I look back on. Like all these other Small X films and every other film above this movie, there's something, there's something I love, something that connected to me or I remember. And this just, it is kind of just ended up being like bland and just flat. It, it, was fun at the time. Uh, I recommend this movie to people. I like. I enjoyed it. I wasn't bored in any way. But yeah, it just kind of ended up just being there. Yeah, this film for me, it it was the weakest out of all of them. I've actually ranked them, I guess, minus Lovers Rock because we didn't end up watching that. But the story was okay. Just in the end, it really was like the one that made the least amount of impression on me. I don't know. It was just fine. Yeah, I think at this point, like this movie is mostly it's just it's fine. It, it it wasn't bad. Um, the story itself, I guess, is pretty decent. But there's like Quentin said, there's nothing here that I really remember or was remarkable or anything. Where, like man, that was awesome. There's never a moment in this movie where I'm like man, this is really good or man, this is really picking up. Like it was always just sort of like, it's a movie. It's fine. Yeah, it exists. Yeah. All right, well, I guess we just go straight to the next one. It's one of those we yeah. don't need to no. <laughs> spend too much on. Sorry, Alex. Uh, Alex Welling isn't even here to talk about a guy named Alex. It's sad. <laughs> it is sad. All right, but, uh, you know, we went through this one pretty fast, so we got to go fast and move on to number 50, which is Sonic the Hedgehog. Ooh, baby, man. Like, half my list has already showed up. We're only on number 50 of the 60. <laughs> yeah. Have we, have, we, have we only done 10 movies so far? Is this number 10? Well, this is number 11, right? Because out of 60, right. this is 50. Right. Yeah. That's the way numbers work. I know how numbers work. Um. <laughs> so I put it at number 45. Andrew has it at 48. And Tristan has it at 54. So he has, a, like, almost 10 difference for me. Wow. I don't know. I was so low on this one. I mean, this, yeah, it was, it was good. It was... 
it, honestly, of all like video games turned movies, probably one of the best. Yeah, I have this at forty five. I'm gonna tell you right now. Uh, I've been like shitting on other kids' movies like My Spy and Secret Society or whatever, but Sonic the Hedgehog, I had a blast. I thought it was cute. I thought it was fun. Uh, obviously, the whole road trip for a Sonic movie was a horrible idea from the start. But just seeing Jim Carrey be Jim Carrey in 2020, like it was fun. I had a great time. I was just chilling, enjoying this. So it's just 45 for me. Like there's nothing amazing about it, but it was it's just a fun movie. Yeah, I probably have it a little low at 54. It's most definitely fun. I watch it with the kids. They seem to really like it. Yeah, it, Jim Carrey was entertaining as all hell in there. It was once again. It was another one of those like hybrid CGI live action movies. So you know what you're gonna get. The plots are almost always the same, and this one didn't do anything new with it. Um, I feel like. This whole Sonic, like, it was none of the actual plot of Sonic the Hedgehog, did it? Like, if you ever play the video games or like the video games, this really didn't have much to do with it except for the named character and the fact that he's a hedgehog. Yeah, they just took a well-known property and just plopped into a generic story. Yeah. I love the video game. (laughs) It's a good video game. It was good. It's a great game. I mean, I guess the video game didn't really have much of a plot. Well, that's not true. The whole Chaos Emeralds, which never popped up in this and all that kind of stuff... They're, they could have done a lot more. I'm hoping they will in the second one. Obviously, they tease Tails is coming into the second one, um, which which could be pretty exciting. And we got Dr. Robotnik going, like, full-on Dr. Robotnik. Like, I feel like Jim Carrey yeah. is just going to be way more fun in the second one. Yeah, he was pretty fun in this one. I thought some of his jokes were pretty stupid, um, but some of them were pretty funny. That's the case with all kids' movies, though. I, I As long as they get me a few times with the jokes, that's fine with me. I think he's so energetic. He's so animated. Like, this is a video game character, Sonic, in a live-action world. And I think what really works well for this kind of film is to make the live-action character still feel animated. Like, Jim Carrey is so, like, excessively over-the-top. It's hilarious. Like, his dance moves are cringy and hilarious. He's yelling about coffee, and I, I liked him. I, every time Jim Carrey was on the screen, I just I had a good time. Yeah, I'm the same page as you guys again. Jim Carrey was 100% the best thing about this film for me. The guy that played Sonic was great as well. I'm a kind of a big fan of his. He played on Parks and Rec, and that's what's his name? He was John Ralphio. I don't know his actual name, Yeah, but he was great, so... Yeah, yeah. No, Sonic was fine. Uh, yeah, it, for me, Jim Carrey just made this whole thing fun. I had a, I had a good time. So I feel like I, I feel like I'm a Sonic defender. I feel like a lot of people hate this movie. Yeah, I also didn't hate it. It was pretty all right. It was pretty good. For for as far as kids movies go, and I like kids movies um, probably more than most adults do. I most definitely enjoy kids movies. I watch them even though I don't have kids. I think it's fun. I think they're really fun. All right, well, we can go on to number 49 here, and this might be the first, and this might be a long one. I'm going to tell you that right now, because we are here to break down We Can Be Heroes. Baby, talking about good kids' movies. (laughs) Man, you guys guys suck. Yeah, so I have it at number 52, Andrew has it at 57, and Tristan has it at 32, so he's 25 spots different from... You have it at 57? How dare you? <laughs> Who do you think you are? I don't know. 
this movie is so good. All right, We Can Be Heroes is an absolute masterpiece. This is this movie is so fantastic. I love it. I can't get enough of this movie. The long-awaited like sequel or spin-off movie of the Shark Boy and Lava Girl, or at least they're in this movie. I don't know if that's at all canon compared to like the original Shark Boy and Lava Girl, which is equally as ridiculous of a movie. This movie is once again much like Secret Society, Second Born Royals, a but a group of kids. These time, this time they're all children of superheroes, not children of royalty. So it makes more sense that they have superpowers, obviously, because their parents have superpowers. And so they all have superpowers. But then it, evil aliens invade the Earth and they kill all the superheroes or kidnap all the superheroes. I have to say, you don't kill them because it's a kid's movie. Um, and so it's up to the kids to try to save the world from the alien invasion. And all these kids have really weird sort of offshoot powers of the original of their parents' powers. So like the Superman's son has all the powers in the world, but he can't control them all because he's just a child. The really fast guy's son is super, super slow, which mm-hmm. is hilarious. Um, Sharkboy and Lava Girl's daughter, who apparently Sharkboy and Lava Girl are married. I didn't. I thought they were siblings, but I guess they're married. <laughs> and, they're, and their kid, their kid it has Guffy. a super strength and can bite. Um, shark strength. Shark strength. Shark strength. Uh, yeah. It, oh, and she can control water too, like Elsa, but like just with water. Even though she can turn the water also into ice, so even like better than Elsa. Think like water better from Avatar mixed with like the strength of Superman and the ice powers of Elsa. She's pretty powerful for a four-year-old. Um, the movie's the movie's crazy. The movie's absolutely wild. It makes no sense, and I love it. This is one of those movies that's so bad it's good in the absolute best way possible. It is so bad it is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. This movie's so bad it's good. I already want to rewatch this, and I kind of want to watch this with like a drink or two because I was sober and I was still having a ride. But I now, feel I was like sober watching this, and man, if, if you're effed up, this would be even better. Yeah, I feel like if I had a drink or two, like I would even love this film yeah. more. Uh, it's it's great. I just had a good time with it. I thought it was really fun. It's hilarious. Like, they know it's cringy. Like, as soon as the film starts, there's two superheroes out in space, and they're looking at this alien ship, and they're like, oh, we should go check on this. And the guy goes, okay, for sure. I just got to take a selfie for my social. And that was the line where I stopped and went, oh, oh, they know this is going to be bad. Like, they know. And that was, it was, it was perfect, because it was at that exact moment that I went, okay. Tristan might have a point here. This might actually be really fun. Like it was that ex- I memorized the exact moment when I just went, "Oh shit, this this is it. This is the ride. I'm, I'm here." Yeah, and we talk about the powers in Secret Society, Secondborn Royals, were like weird, off the wall powers. But here it's that the tenfold. The powers in this movie are ridiculously fantastic. Yeah, the powers are brutal. Kid, they're fantastic. There was one kid in a wheelchair, right? He goes, "I know yeah. what you're thinking. I probably have really weak legs." The opposite. My legs are so strong, I can't stand. They are too muscular. <laughs> I can't yeah. stand. So I, yeah. His power, yeah, his power is he's super crippled because he, he's unable to walk. Because <laughs> he's too much muscles in his legs. Yeah, his, his legs are too strong. He can't lift them. A woman, and then another person's power is she has super singing. Oh, and God. she's just really good at singing. <laughs> I forgot about the super singer. Yes. yes. Oh, God. My favorite part was, so when the main character goes, the main character at the beginning, she doesn't have any powers. Or she doesn't know her powers. And she has to go to be with all the other superhero kids because they're being attacked and so they want to make sure they protect all the kids, right? All the superhero kids. And so she gets there, they're kind of introducing her to all the other people and all their powers. And there's this one girl who doesn't talk. She just draws on an iPad, right? She just draws everything. I go, oh, her her power is she's a really amazing artist. And so she shows you the drawings. And the drawings are at the level of like maybe like a fourth fourth grader. Like the drawings were terrible. They weren't good. 
right? Of course, yeah. we end up learning that she draws the future. Her power, she can see the future. But everyone else, for years now, thought her power was she was an amazing artist. Yeah, they you know, looked at that. They're like, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe like a fifth grade level. Her drawings were garbage looking. Yeah, right? her drawings yeah. sucked. Her yeah, power. yeah, her drawings were the worst. Mm-hmm. And all the other kids were like, oh man, this is this is the Van Gogh of 2020. Yeah, they're like, man, she's a real artist. She's <laughs> yeah, better. she she's, she's got talent really right better. there. Uh, Ding, Mary, kill. The superpower to be in a wheelchair, the superpower to sing, or the superpower to make funny faces. <laughs> oh man, the funny face I guy. Man, what guy's ability is he can make faces? That's his whole power. He, he like he can like make his ears really big or his nose really big. Like and, swap yeah, his eyes around. There's so much to get about this movie because we get introduced to the guy that makes funny faces by having somebody make a bet with the funny face guy to make the funniest face. There is a kid that that thought, you know what? I'm going to go up against toe to toe to a guy that makes funny faces and I'm going to bet that I can beat him. So he makes a funny face and then the funny face guy makes the other guy's face. He's like, oh, see how funny is that? I look as dumb as you. And so the guy was like, oh, you won. Once again, you're the king of making funny faces. I lose the bet. I surrender. Great job, dude. That, that's how we get introduced to it. We get introduced to somebody making a bet with him to make a funny face. Because that's the only way they could show off his power. And then he was absolutely useless for the next hour and 30 minutes. And it was to the very last five minutes. You go, oh, he did something mildly useful, I guess. Yeah. Which means he was, but he is more useful than some of the other people. One person is so fast, he's slow. Uh, so he moves at slow motion slow speed. Mo. And he slow does everything mo. really, really slow. Yeah, I like slow, though. So slow mo is great. Yeah, every scene with favorite. him was great. And so they ran into, like, they ran away from the bad guy into, like, a car or whatever. Like, all right, good, we're all here. Like, oh, no, slow mo is not here. And it pans the camera over. And he's just running <laughs> yeah. super slowly towards Yeah, the, the car. camera panned him going super slow and then the super intense music. It always ends with the stretchy guy stretching his arms out, grabbing him and bringing him in. And grabbing him. And then, and then during a fight scene, there's one person who can rewind time. That's and her, her, his twin sister who can fast forward time. And so together, they both of them spent the entire fight scene using their powers to make the slow person move at a normal pace. And so this, so, so it took three of them to make slow-mo move at a normal pace. Not that super fast or anything. So three of the entire team were spent making a move normal pace. It was ridiculous. And I all, right, it. all right, Andrew, what's your thoughts so far on the movie? I mean, I don't know. You guys have covered most of what I was going to say. Yeah, but you have, I've been talking about how great it is. This movie's phenomenal. And you have it so low. Like, I, you know, I, I regret that now. Um, maybe I, I meant to, I, maybe I meant to switch second born worlds roles with this movie i'm not sure but i was gonna say when we did watch it i actually connect the two as well i was like wow we have like kind of the two of the same like kind of films but yeah this one definitely was probably a little bit better i liked i mean i liked a lot of the superhero powers they were definitely way better minus like funny face guy (laughs) and wheelchair kid which was weird but yeah, other than that, it was good. Oh man, yeah. we haven't talked about the plot twist of this movie though. The crazy plot twist at the end. The best yeah. plot twist of the year. The film possibly. takes like 12 yeah. plot twists, but yeah, I, I agree. The plot twist here with the woman that draws the future ending up being an alien. This might have been the best double take I ever had in my life. I My jaw was to the floor when they're like, 
and you are an alien. And I was like, okay, yeah, she's an alien. And then she's like, how did you know? And they were like, well, since your drawings tell the future, we saw one of your drawings and you were an alien. And then it cuts to them looking at the drawing. And it's a drawing of her in her alien form. <laughs> like the next twist afterwards is the aliens were actually training them to make them become the next team of superheroes. It was like all a training programs. So the whole film was for naught. But what makes it funnier in that aspect is that means that they were so fucking far behind and they were so useless at doing this training task that the alien had to literally draw, I'm an alien to get, help them get to the next stage of the training process because they were just so freaking clueless to what was going on. She was like, man, I guess I just need to draw that I'm an alien, just paint it out for them. This movie, was, how do you guys have this down in the 50s? This movie is so good. This movie um, is easily like top half here. Like, I have it 32. We're saying like, like all the fun, like we're talking about all the fun moments we had, but there were other times where I was just like cringing in my seat. It was so dumb. It's fun though. It's good cringing though. You know, it's so enjoyable. Like them all crying because they are alone or <laughs> whatever. And then she goes over and like wipes all their tears with her hand. It was very like gross and weird to turn into a key. And then maybe they did this on purpose. Maybe not. I'm sure they did because they like to do stupid stuff. But I got so frustrated. Whose big moment was this? I'm trying to remember. So what happened was at the end of the, near the end of the film, there's the key to open up the pyramid, to release the end yeah. game, whatever. I, well, yeah, I'm just trying to explain to like the people that haven't seen this movie because they probably haven't. <laughs> so there's like a they key should. where you what can you just mean? open a portal. And so the key is dropped down and down far into the pit there. And slow-mo goes, oh, I would fall slow. So I wouldn't die if I fall down there and take the key. So he falls all the way down, picks up the key, and it's his big moment. This is slow-mo's big moment. What a hero. He's awesome. This was the one useless, this is the one useful thing he did the whole film. And then he needed the stretchy guy to pick him back up, which meant theoretically the stretchy guy could have just stretched, stretched out and picked it up himself. Like slow mo did jack so fucking you shit. You understand? They tried that. The stretchy guy reached as far out as he can go, and he was two inches off the top of the, the thing, so he couldn't <laughs> grab it. So the slow, slow guy went down there. I know what you're thinking. The slow guy's obviously like what, like four foot tall, three and a half foot tall. He's the size of an average kid. So now at this point, clearly the stretchy guy could go down, reach, and grab him and pick him back up again. They didn't do that. Instead, they got the guy with all of the powers because he didn't have enough good moments in the movie yet. He just <laughs> teleported down there, grabbed him, and teleported with him back up to the top, which means he could have just teleported down there in the first place. That's what it was. That's what it was. The rewind girl, the rewind guy, couldn't he just rewind it falling? Or yeah, just yeah there's so it? many things they could have done instead of this four-step process they ended up doing. You're right. It was, it, was the, uh, it was the guy with multiple powers teleporting down there. Instead of just doing that... Right at the start, he had to like wait for slow-mo to get down there. Which is amazing, because they clearly want to give each and every character like their moment in the movie, right? And the fall the slow guy the slow guy was so useless they couldn't think of one. And I love it. I thought that was amazing. I died laughing. I'm at still it. waiting for the singing I, girls moment. <laughs> well, no, she could sing so well. She made the car fly into the air so they could escape. She was so good at singing, she could lift objects with her singing voice. And I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, no, the, the film's definitely fun. I had a good time with it. 
Yeah, this it's, is it's good. I would go as far as say this is the funnest movie of the year. And that's why I, you guys have it so low, but this is so much fun. There's no more movie that's just more fun than this movie. It was such a great ride. I absolutely loved this movie. I thought it was hilarious and stupid in the perfect way. Yeah, I probably should have put it higher. Probably was a bit low on it, but I, I could have put it that much higher. I could put all. I, I could probably put it higher than thirty. I should have put it in the top half. <laughs> I was more worried I had it too high after reevaluation and looking at the other movies. It's probably a little low for me. This movie is one of the best movies of the year. There's no question about it. Well, it's good to know. Uh, it's number forty nine out of sixty, but it's still one of the best films of the year. That just shows well. how good this year is. <laughs> it shows that you guys don't know what you're talking about. Is what it is. <laughs> all right, fifty-seven, my ass. All right, well, we're going to go to number 48 here. This one might be a little bit more of uh, This might just anger Tristan, just the fact that it's now higher than We Can Be Heroes. But we have at number 48, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one, we're all pretty on par yeah, here. Me and Tristan close. have it at 44, and Andrew has it at 47. Yeah, so we're all pretty neck to neck here. 48 overall, though, somehow it's lower than, our, than any of our scores. <laughs> Yes, that same question last time for the 2019. Yeah, I remember from last year. I know the way you calculate this. It's just, it is still just weird. It's weird how we all have it higher than this, and it ends ends up being lower than any of us have it. Yeah, no, no, none of us think it's the 48th best movie. We all think it's higher than that, but somehow it gets downgraded to that. Yeah, it's because to explain to people, all it takes is for me to have a film in my top ten, Andrew to have it in her top twenty, and then Tristan goes, "Nope, that's number fifty-four," and still overall. That means two of us liked it more than this movie. So that's kind of how it ended up working. Yeah, Quentin had to explain this to me as well earlier because I wasn't quite sure like how the whole thing went. So. Yeah, if anybody wants a quick explanation, I take all three scores, I add them together, and that would be the score. So right now, Bill and Ted face the music. Me doesn't have it at 44. Andrew has it at 47. That means it's 135 points. We Can Be Heroes is 141 points. So it's like golf. The less points, obviously, the higher it is. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Bill and Ted Face Music, it was good. Going into this one, I was a little worried. Like, the best part was about the first two. And I rewatched the first two before watching this one. Um, I love how weird the movies are. The first two, especially the second one, are just super, super weird movies. They're very 80s. They're very weird. I was a little worried that maybe they make this one a little less weird, a little more mainstream, a little more normal. And this one was just as fucking weird. This one was wild. This one was wacky. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I've never seen the first two. We just went straight into this one because I didn't have time to watch two movies that I'm not super interested in. But we watched Bill and Ted Face the Music. I had no idea what this was about. And I had a really good time. I thought this was fun. I thought even the two girls, as like now that they have their daughters in the mix, I thought they were a fun addition that kind of made the film exciting. I liked it. I had a fun time. I liked all the time traveling. I liked all the gimmicks. I thought it was a pretty fun film. It, it was fun for the most part. I've never watched any of the previous Bill and Ted, so I didn't really know what to expect. But the other day, I went to go get Quentin a Criterion, and one of the guys there actually explained to me that the Bill and Ted films start like with them almost as babies. I had no idea. Which was pretty cool. So now I'm thinking about maybe going back and like rewatching all of them. I liked all the music. I thought it was so cool how they went back through time and picked like all the best musicians. Even though I didn't know some of them. I didn't know the flute player or the caveman person which might have been made up. I'm not sure. 
I thought it was a really neat concept. Yeah, it was a fun premise to get the best of each style of each instrument. I thought that was fun. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. I, I, it, yeah, I, I love how weird they kept it and they went back to hell and, and, and got death back in the band and how they kept visiting future versions on themselves, hoping they could just get the copy of the song. Um, yeah. I thought it was funny. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was really weird. Um, and yeah, I like the two daughters. I thought they were great. I think it's pretty obvious that they end up going to be the, the right Preston and whatever the other last name was that they needed. Uh, that's pretty obvious. Plot, but I think it was supposed to be obvious to everyone except for Bill and Ted. I think it was kind of the joke. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was supposed to be the humor of it. And I think that's what made it fun because they're kind of like the new Bill and Ted in a way. It was, kinda, it was a good way to pass the torch into if they ever want to do a fourth one, they could just have the two girls really and have them yeah, be like Yeah, do you think they will do another one uh, with the two girls? Yeah. Um, I don't know how well this film really did. I don't think it was as popular as I was expecting it to be. Like, no one really talked about this movie. Yeah, I agree. I was always, I thought it would be a bigger, bigger movement yeah. than it was. It's sort of a flash in the pan there, for sure. Yeah, like, I think if it was, I think they were hoping that they would make a fourth one, but I'm not too sure now. They might just call it quits. And maybe if it came out in a more normal year, it might have done better. Um, but yeah, I think it kind of got lost in the shuffle with, with everything going on. It was kind of just forgotten about. But uh, I most definitely enjoyed it. It was most definitely a good movie. Um, it was no We Can Be Heroes, but it was most definitely a good movie. That's fair. Yeah, it's hard to compare to that. It really right. is. So we can go on to the next film here. And so that'll be number 47. We have Hillbilly Elegy. So I'm the lowest one here by quite a bit. I have it at 50. Andrew has it at 39. And Tristan has it at 42. So a bit of a difference between me and Andrew, at least, but I think we are all kind of on the same page. Uh, if only Welling was here, he had this as a second least favorite of the year. I thought you were going to say second favorite. I'm like, wow. That's I did favorite. too. Uh, I thought you were going to say that too. I was going to be like, hot take. Yeah, that would have been wild. <laughs> no, it's not that um, wild. Well, Andrew, you put this one on the list. So you, you give your piece first. Yeah, this is Andrew's first film. I know. I'm oh, excited. you're right. Yeah, this is on the list. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're like over half my list. <laughs> And I knew, I knew this was going to be my lowest one just because this film just, it didn't do well. I, people, I feel like they couldn't relate to it and I don't know why. I think they were just expecting more out of it with maybe the actresses that were in it. They kind of thought maybe they would like hold it up better, I guess. But, um, yeah, basically what it is, I'll try to explain this. You guys are a lot better at explaining than me. Now you got this. <laughs> but basically, it's the story of this lawyer He growing up in, I believe it's either southern Kentucky or southern Indiana, and how um, basically his whole life, his mom has kind of just been on drugs and out of her mind, and she just really can't hold a job, that would be Amy Adams. And then you have the grandma, which is amazing. I honestly really liked her in this film. And she kind of just ends up raising him, and it just shows you the whole struggle he goes through his whole life with his mom and how he kind of deals with it. And he kind of takes him out of a, himself out of a bad situation and tries to basically become something in his life i don't know i really i liked it i think i could relate to it better just because i did grow up in a small southern town 
and there's a lot of drug issues and I mean I've seen it firsthand before and I don't know I just really enjoyed it yeah, someone has met Andrew's family. They're they're all basically Amy Adams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow, no, I mean, that's rough. That was what I was say. I think Amy Adams. I'm, nothing to do with her acting performance. I thought her performance was was pretty solid. Well, I don't know if it was her choice or the director's choice, but her character is easily the most unlikable character of any movie I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the most unlikable, just genuinely unlikable characters. And everyone around her, like her kids and stuff, were always like giving her second chance and then third chance and fourth chance. I don't give a fuck if she's my mom or not. She was an awful individual. Yeah. I would have ditched her a while ago. Like, I absolutely hated her character. Yeah, uh, we're on the same page here. And uh, this is why I have it at 50. Uh, I feel like this film gets a lot of hate, like Andrew was saying. And I don't really understand the hate it gets. Yeah, I have I it at 50. Yeah, a lot of hate is unfairly politically AI-driven. Yeah. I think like, the, it was based on a, on a, it's a, based on a book, book, which is yeah. about the author's life. And I think the author is pretty, like, it was like far right propaganda or something, or it was just far right like leaning. And I didn't really get that when I watched the movie until after I read the reviews. Uh, I still don't get that. I think it's it's very much hated because of the politics of the, the the people involved in the movie, and not actually anything with the movie itself. So I don't, I hate it when that happens. Don't let politics bleed into your opinion on movies. If a movie sucks, it sucks. If a movie's great, it's great. Yeah, um, I'd politics. be curious to hear Welling's reason as why he has it at fifty nine. Like he hated the movie. Uh, he told me that he fell asleep to it, and that's why he didn't like it. You know, if a movie puts you to sleep, because I don't fall asleep at movies often, but sometimes I do. And if a movie puts you to sleep, <laughs> there is something to be said about that. Well, uh, Gordon, well, you fell asleep to twenty percent of the movies here. So, <laughs> um, as long as it wasn't, we can be here. Yeah, I was about to ask. Do you think he fell asleep to that? That's the riveting question we need. Or did he? You can't watch sleep it? that movie. That movie has to be on the edge of your seat the entire That's time. That's true. Yeah. Um, and I have it at fifty. I don't hate it. I, I don't actually think it's this horrible film everyone is saying it is, and. My big issue and why it's at 50 is what Chosen touched on. It's Amy Adams' character. I hate her. I, I couldn't stand her. The scene where she needs her son to pee in a cup and he first refuses to do it. And then even the grandmother steps in and says, you need to do it. That frustrated me. And Andrew was then trying to explain to me that that's just how Southern families are. I, it's, it, I, there's no excuse. I still thought that scenes like that were frustrating for me. I hated Amy Adams. And the part that pissed me off the most, and me and Andrew can back me up on this. She actually agrees with this point. No, I agreed with the pee in the oh, cup point I agree too. That too. Like that was a little extreme when she tells her 10 year old son to pee in a cup. Okay. No, I didn't yeah. mean, I must've misunderstood, but I, yeah, I didn't mean to paint you in a bad light here. Uh. Ah, yikes. <laughs> All the left wings are against you, but what I will say is the ending is actually what pissed me off because this is all based on a true story. This is based on a book. This is based on someone's experience. All this stuff happened. And so as much as I hate Amy Adams' character, if this is who she is, if this is who she is as a human being, that makes sense. Uh, like, oh, It sucks that she's an absolutely despicable person on screen, but like they can't rewrite somebody, right? But the end... The very end of the movie, the movie's over, and it's the little text at the end to kind of sum up everybody's characters, you know, what they do for films based on a true story. They kind of give you an update in text, and in text, it says, Amy Adams' character is now six years sober. Mm-hmm. Where is that story? I wanted the last 20 minutes to have her realize her mistakes, to actually become sober, and to, like, could they have not shown a scene where she changed, where she realized she's a horrible person? 
Because in real life, she well, realized. Well, and you can't just say she's a whole person. She does drugs, right? It's, her, it's more her personality that makes her a terrible person, right? Mm-hmm. Just if right. some does or doesn't do drugs, something a terrible person. Right. I, it's more I, her personality. I know. So just because she's sober now doesn't mean she's not a little bitch. Well, true, but could they not have had a nice moment where she realized she is now going to change? Because clearly she realized she needs to change. And it's true. Like, she clearly did change yeah. at least, like, the drug habits and stuff. So I would like to see that more resolution, the more positive side, right? Yeah. Like and I, even if yeah. the character in real life is a bitch, you can make them a nice person on the movie, right? You don't have to be that accurate to the source material and stuff. The as long as the story is true, her personality can be nice in Sunshine and Roses and just go through tough times, mm-hmm. right? Where right. here they made her an absolute bitch. Someone who's completely unlikable. I don't know if the real person is like that or the real person's super nice. But she's exceptionally unlikable. Yeah, she's horrible, yeah. And, and yeah, and that's just why it drives me nuts because they literally have the source material. She has changed to at least have some redemption at the end because yeah. there's none. There, there's no redemption for her. The actress's choice or the, the director's choice, I don't know, or the, the writer's choice, I don't know who chose to make the character so godly unlikable, but that, that wrecked the movie for me for sure because she's like, like the main character, like one of the most crucial parts of the movie. Yeah. I actually thought Glenn Close was very good. Uh, the grandmother was the oh, best part. Uh, her, she was fantastic. Yeah, her coming in and helping the son out, that, those were the best scenes, the two of them together. Uh, my favorite scene of the whole film is the calculator. Is that what you're about to say? Or I don't no. want to step on Andrew's toes here. But yeah, no. the, the calculator scene is amazing. How he tries to steal it because that's just how he grew up because Amy Adams is a bitch. So he was going to steal it. She comes in and buys the calculator and they're driving and she's like scolding him and he gets angry and throws the calculator out of the car and she just stops the car and she goes, you better not have fucking broke that. Like she's still like very edgy, but she still like has a kind heart. That's a good character. Yeah. Oh, but no. Glenn Coase's character is awesome. She was, she was for sure the best part of the movie. Her, her performance carried the oh, film. Sorry. Her character carried the film. I agree completely. All right. So Andrew, you picked this movie. I, and uh, my favorite part of the movie was watching with Andrew because she, she, she cheered up at points. I know she really liked it. And it actually made me get more softened on the film. I, I did like watching it. So did you have anything else to add? I thought you were about to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, I also really dislike it because I'm really close with my grandma. And I just really like the bond that the grandma and the grandson had together. I don't know. I just, I think that's something when they made it, they were trying to, hopefully people would like, I don't know baby get warm fuzzies when they saw how close they were even though like it was such a bad situation it was so toxic for uh the son and the daughter that i don't know maybe that would redeem it a little bit so did your mom ever have you try to pee in a cup and your grandmother saved you <laughs> no oh, okay just checking not yet anyways but it's coming yeah yeah well maybe yeah, yeah. the movie's not over in our life yeah <laughs> all right well, anything else you want to add here, Andrew? It's your first movie here. No, no. I mean, I wish people would have liked it better, but I understand why they don't like it. They really, like you guys said, painted Amy Adams as a like a huge bitch. And she did a lot of terrible things. And, I mean, rubbed people the wrong way. <laughs> that is true. All right, we can go on to the next movie here. Uh, one that I'm shocked is this low. I thought I was the one with the hot take, but it looks like we're all kind of in agreements here because we have The Way Back at number 46. So I have it at 48. Tristan has it right on the dot here at 46, and Andrew has it at 35. Yeah, this movie, uh, if I were to describe this movie in one word, it would be generic. Yeah, 
I think this might be a quick one here. I don't have much to say either. To me, it's just a very generic sports movie. This is why I don't like sports movies. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a big fan. Uh, there was literally, I was starting to tell the future. I was like, hey, Andrew, I bet you they're going to start having the sport montage of them training soon. And then a minute later, the sport montage started. And I was like, oh, I bet they're going to lose this game because it's not the last one. And they got to be the underdogs. And sure enough, they lost that game. And then in the last game, I was like, oh, they're going to make that final shot. Like it's book by book, step by step, a classic sports movie. And if you like sports movies, I'm sure you'll like it. I'm sure on this podcast, Welling would have been very high. You might have bumped this up a bit. But uh, unfortunately, I think the three of us aren't as big of a fan. How about you, Andrew? You're over 10 spots higher than me. So I guess you liked it. Hot take. I don't remember putting it this high. I was not a huge fan of this. I didn't think Ben Affleck was very good in this role. I Maybe I felt bad for him when I ranked this. Yeah, I was... <laughs> Pretty shocked as well, to be honest, because Andrea is famously, I guess Tristan might not know, is famously anti-Ben Affleck. She is not a big Ben Affleck fan. I'm going to be real. I can't really think of a Ben Affleck performance I absolutely love. Except for Gone Girl. That is my only Ben Affleck. Yeah, I like him in The Town. I like The Town a lot. I haven't seen The Town, but I've heard he's good in that as well. I like that one a lot. It's not my favorite of his. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and he is great in Um, Gone Girl. Gone Girl is great. Yeah, he's good in that one. He's not a terrible actor, but... I don't love him as Batman. I don't love him in this movie either. I agree. And I don't like any of, like, I guess the thing they tried to do was, like, his whole story arc with him having depression and stuff like that, which isn't a terrible idea, but it didn't add much to the movie, I felt like. I feel like, in general, this was just, like, and this wasn't even a true story, was it? This is, this is a, uh, an original piece, right? Right. I'm pretty sure. Which is, like, if you want to watch a good high school basketball film, just watch Coach Carter. It's on Netflix, and this is a better movie by far. This movie was just super generic. There was nothing there. I didn't care about it. Um, it was fine. If you love sport movies or you love basketball or you just love Ben Affleck, you'll probably like it. If you're not any of those three specific groups, it's it's good but not great. Yeah, exactly. I don't have too much of an issue with it. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it was a movie. I moved on from it as soon as I watched it. Uh, I didn't hate it, though. Like, I have it at 48. It's, it's similar to Hillbilly LG. It's just not a movie I connected with or loved. But I'm, I'm not a big movie hater, unless if it's uh, Trolls World Tour or Last Yeah, Story, I, I like, Crime. I agree. I like most movies I watch. There are very few movies I, I really didn't like. I think there's only probably a couple this year I really hated. One of them, of course, being a uh, Last Season of American Crime, which is probably the worst movie I've ever seen. I even like Trolls World Tour. I thought that was pretty solid. Uh, this movie. In fact, I think I like World Tour World Tour World Tour more than this one. Maybe well, not. They're pretty yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. I don't think according to your rating, but pretty close. I think I had World Tour at forty eight. I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and that seems fair. I don't know what's forty seven, but probably something belongs there. Do you have anything else to yeah. say about the way back, Andrea? I mean, no, not really. Except for that one kid was like crazy with the girls, always macking on the ladies. You remember that kid? Uh, he had to tell him to get on the school bus because he was macking out. He was making out with some shit. Like, or a different girl, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that guy. That guy was pretty good. I kind of forget about him, but he, he sounds like a player. I like him. <laughs> he was. All right. Well, we can move on to the next movie here. I feel like uh, we haven't been with uh, Tristan movie in a good few rounds. So let's go back to the Bad Boys. Bad Boys. I must only have like two left. I must have very few left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just is down to like two or three left here. It's it's slim pickings. We're just gonna be we're oh, soon gonna be talking about all of Welling's movies. He's not even here. Yeah, 
It's going to happen. Yeah. Willing and Andrea. Yeah. So we got Bad Boys for Life here. And the rating here is I have it at 42. Andrea has it at 49. And Tristan has it at 38. Bad Boys for Life. Best picture 2020. Let's make it happen. I've been on this train from the beginning, guys. I, I think this, this is going to win Best Picture of the Year. It deserves it. It's one of the only movies of the year. I, I stand by it. I thought that I thought this was a good a good. I don't know if it's the last movie in the trilogy, but most definitely a good entry in the Bad Boys for Life trilogy. I enjoyed it for sure. I didn't watch the first two, so I don't have too much of a take on the trilogy in itself. But I, I thought the movie was fine. There's an exact moment in this movie where it went from pretty whatever. I don't really like it that much. Too. I'm having a good time, and that is when the captain dies. I hated the captain. I thought he was annoying. I did not enjoy him at all. So his death was the turning point to when these guys were having fun. I was having a great time. I thought Bad Boys of the Church was the best line of the movie, where the Martin Lawrence goes full-on Christian here. Uh, he, Martin Lawrence was the best part of this movie. I actually didn't think Will Smith was that great. But Martin Lawrence, I've never seen this guy in my life because he's always in action movies, but I was head over heels. Martin Lawrence being bad boys of the church. Like, I don't love action movies, but as far as action movies go, this was a freaking good one. This was fun. This is probably one of, if not the best action movie of the year, for sure. I thought this was a great action movie, and I don't even like them. It was, it was fun and entertaining, you know what I mean? And the fight scenes were good. You know, had fast cars. Everything was a generic action movie. But the, the performances were solid, and it was pretty funny. It had a lot of good humor in it. I really enjoyed that. All right, so Andrea, you were the lowest on this one. Still, you went crazy low. You were nine ahead behind Tristan. So a bit of a difference here. What, what was your thoughts on Bad Boys for Life? You know, you're going to hear me probably say this several more times, but I just I'm not super big into action films. The film was pretty good, though. I didn't mind it. Like you said, Martin Lawrence was actually pretty funny. I was really shocked at how much I found myself laughing during this. Yeah. Yeah, Martin Lawrence is great. Yeah. And, I mean, anyone that likes action movies, I would recommend this. I really feel like if that's your thing, you're going to be way more into it. Yeah, I haven't seen the first two, but if Martin Lawrence is just as religious in those two, I'm all for it, because I thought him... I don't think he's just religious, but he's for sure just as funny. Yeah, when he was trying to convince him to shoot people or whatever, and he was like, just just think, God put you on this earth, he put that gun in your hands, because he wants you to shoot. It's a sign from God. And Martin Lawrence is like, you're right, we're the bad boys of the church. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the best moment. I movie, was, I was grinning ear to ear with Martin Lawrence going full on, like he was holding a cross in his hand the whole time. Like he just, he went full on pure church lord here. It was great. And yeah. I just kept singing, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? Because I sang that so many times yeah. in the movie. It's yeah. So good. Yeah, and a lot of the movie was a bit of a mess. Uh, like the bad boys, the very end where they're like with the little kid trying to say bad boys to the kid. I, that, that was the cheesiest, cringiest ending I've ever seen. I almost wanted to kill myself with that. Like they, they, they went full cringy sometimes. But, you know, as long as Martin Lawrence was in it, I was having a blast. As far as like action movies, the ones I do like are like the ones that don't take themselves... I hate action movies that take themselves real serious. Action movies that are real serious just suck. Action movies that are just kind of having fun with it and joking. Those, those are objectively better in my opinion. And this one was definitely was just fun. They're killing around with it. Crazy action scenes. I thought it was pretty great. 
All right, so do we want to go to the next one here? Yeah, ready. All right. So a good little transition here because a movie that does take itself very seriously is Shirley. Oh, yeah. We have Shirley here. I have it at number 43. Andrea has it at 40. And Tristan has it at 45. So we're I thought all... I was going to be like the lowest on this for sure, but you got, we're all pretty close. I'm the lowest, yeah. but I went by like two and five. Yeah. Yeah, not, not by much. Yeah, I, I remember watching this and I was thinking, oh, yeah, Tristan's not going to like this. But <laughs> yeah, so I thought Tristan was going to be, I thought I was thinking like 57. Like I thought this was really going to be like in his back yeah. half. But yeah, Tristan's, Tristan's right there with us. Yeah, I feel like this is just, uh, yeah, this is an Andrew pick, and I think this is one of many words. It's, it's like a very artsy, kind of lesbian movie. Uh, Elizabeth Moss, she's great. I like Elizabeth Moss. Uh, the acting's good. The story's interesting. I don't know. I think my biggest issue is it's about Shirley, the writer. It's a story about how the writer started going mad in her later years, and she wrote The Lottery. It's a short story. They introduced it at the beginning of the film because it's her most iconic story. Tristan, yeah. did you ever read the story in high school? Or I in have. Elementary? I have read the lottery. You have? I have. Yeah, I read that back. I believe in like grade seven or eight. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think I read. Yeah, I think I read it in grade seven. That sounds about right. And it's a it's a great story. I loved it's, it. Uh, I think it's yeah, a really yeah. good short story. And I got really excited once I realized it was about that author. Yeah, like, that's me a too. Good I didn't know that until he mentioned it later on. I'm like, oh shit! All right. This might be all right. This might yeah. be pretty good. And I thought maybe it was going to end with like a creepy ending like Lottery where like it's a very innocent story that has a crazy twist at the very end that makes you go, oh crap, this is crazy. Yeah. And yeah. I was hoping this film was taking that tone where it was like looking pretty mundane and I thought it was going to end with this crazy moment and it didn't. The first part of this film, the very first scene is them showing us the story, the Lottery. And I thought that was going to foreshadow that this film is going to take the same path. It didn't. It's fine. I have no issue with it. And only half of this movie is actually about Shirley. The other half is about this other random couple that lived with them. Yeah. They, they were the main character. Shirley was sort of a side character. And I think the thing is, I just didn't care for any of the characters in this movie. I thought they were all relatively unlikable. Her husband was an asshole. She was a bitch. The people she were living with were boring and uninteresting and not very nice either. I just didn't care for any of the characters. None of them were super recognizable or relatable to me. I just didn't care about any of them. Yeah. What about you, Andrea? You're kind of on the same page here. Yeah, no, like I completely feel the same way. Like I had so much hope for this film. I was really excited for it, but I also think I didn't understand it because I guess it kind of related to a lot of her, uh, her writings and only if you're kind of like more educated on who she is as a writer. I don't know. People are saying that you would understand it better. So it kind of went over my head a little bit. But I didn't like that she was kind of pulling this girl into her sad little world until like she almost became became her. Like you can see how she's in the beginning dresses in like color but then slowly fades into wearing almost the exact same thing as Shirley. It was interesting, but I had high hopes and it definitely disappointed me a little bit. I do agree with you. The makeup and hairstyling and stuff was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. How the main girl was slowly turning as mad as Shirley. Like uh, mm -hmm. the, the outfits were pretty good. I agree with that. Uh, anything else we want to say on Shirley? Not early. No, nah, pretty unremarkable. <laughs> 
Honestly, it was just pretty boring. All right. So we have at number 43 here, and that would be Jingle Jangle. Heck yeah. Love this movie. <laughs> yeah, Tristan was very high on it. This oh, was, wow. Yeah, I, was, I didn't realize Tristan was such a big fan here, but I have it. I didn't know I put it quite that high either. That's probably a little too high. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I put it, yeah, it was a little yeah. wild, because uh, I'm very high on it too. I'm very high. I'm a defender here, but yeah. I, I put it at a reasonable 47. Andrew put it at 51. Tristan had this in his top 30, the top half. He has it at 28. This is the first time someone had a movie in the top half here. Um, uh, possibly, yeah, I think so. If you haven't seen this movie, well, it's a Christmas movie, so wait till next Christmas. But it is just delightful. I thought this movie was super enjoyable. I When I first clicked play, I thought I was going to hate it. I don't even know why I watched it. But I'd like, this looks stupid. I'm not going to like this. But I begrudgingly watched it anyways. And, man, I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was just delightful. Yeah, um, there were some moments that I really liked, and there were some moments that I just, it was generic, didn't like, was not my thing. But, I, yeah, I'll start with the stuff I did like. I thought the opening was great. The opening dance sequence was gorgeous. I thought the Kim work where it was moving around the town center it was gorgeous. The choreography was great. And right the right off the bat, I was like, whoa, holy crap. This movie's fun. This is cute. This is adorable. I was full on board with this movie. And then later in the film, I do like the color scheme, how it goes from like vibrant and fun. And then his desk area is gray and dark because he's lost hope in inventing again. I liked that. Like there's a lot of stuff that I liked. And the lead girl, I actually thought was very fun. She was a fun lead. Don't get that a lot with these kid movies, but I thought she was fun. No, she was great. Yeah, yeah, she was great. See, they didn't make her angsty or angry for no reason. No. Like, yeah. she was just a kid who enjoyed life. Yeah, she was just a fun kid that just was excited to meet the crazy inventor that she's related to. Like, it's just fun. It's cute. Uh, the f- part where the film loses me is I feel like the villain, I love Michael Key. I, I think he's a great actor, but like I thought he wasn't in it that much. And then his really, his whole plan seemed pretty dumb. I didn't really like his character that much. And the part that gets to me, uh, Andrew, I need you to help me with this guy's name. What's the kid's name? I was about to tell you because I knew you were going to ask me. Yeah. His name is Edison. Edison <laughs> is top five easily worst kids of the year. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> I hate that guy. He literally did. He seriously was getting so, I was so mad. Pissed. I, I Edison ruined the film. This film easily really? would have been top forty. He, he bumped it down ten spots. Edison pissed me off. This I little don't rem- bitch. I, I remember him, of course, but he's not like that important. I don't remember him being super annoying. Let me walk you through this, Tristan. Right? Let me okay. tell you the life of Edison. Okay. All right. This little it. punk. All right. She has this plan to go out and get the invention, right, to help out. And so there's one invention that he has left that was made, and that is this little robot guy. He kind of looks like Wally without the body. Like, he's got the top eye part. Yeah. I thought the robot was going to be annoying. It kind of gave me, like, Ben from Treasure Planet vibes. Yeah, I was getting a little nervous, too, but he was fine. Oh, the robot wasn't annoying at all. The robot didn't even talk. The robot was fine. Yeah, yeah, he was just there. I I didn't... I'm lukewarm on Buddy 3000. But... Yeah, yeah. Edison is there first mistake was to have Edison stand guard of the robot because Michael Key comes in trying to find this invention and he goes up to uh, Edison. He's like, hey, Edison, I got nothing to worry about. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, he is a loser. He's got no more inventions. I'm the king of the world. And Edison's like, well, actually, uh, bad guy, 
he has an invention in this place, believe it or not. Uh, he is so magical, look at this. And he shows him the invention. And so Michael's like, well, sweet, I guess I'll take it. Takes the invention. So the girl comes back, she's like, Edison, what happened? Did he find the robot? And Edison's like, well, actually, he told me that Forrest Whitaker isn't a good inventor. And I said, oh, sir, you're wrong. I proved him wrong. I showed him the robot. And the girl's like, wait, you, you showed him the robot? And Edison's like, yeah, I showed him. And I was like, see, he is a good inventor. And then he just took it. And I was like, Edison, you fucking idiot. You're screwing everything up. Anyways, that's the first thing. Then, okay, I'm trying not to get worked up here. I, I hate this guy. Then, they try to escape, right? So yeah. the two of them, the girl, and I don't know why she brought Edison after his first screw up, but she brought him. They find the robot. They're escaping, and there is this giant turn blade going on, right? So what does the girl do? She's, an, we obviously, spoiler to those who haven't seen this film, she f realized that she's also an inventor. She's related to an inventor, so she's also very smart. She has a mind of an inventor, and so she times how the blades are going to be turning and she angles the robot and the two of them in a way so they escape through the blades in a slow motion, kind of cringy moment, but it's fine. Anyways, Forrest is on the other end of this blade. And Forrest goes, hey guys, that was awesome. Great job. Uh, I'm really proud of you guys. And Edison goes, thanks. I'm really, yeah, I, I, I killed it out there. Edison just takes full credit for Jack's squat that he did. He was just like, I did it. Thanks, guys. I love it because this is such a thing that Quentin would get really pissed off about. This is such a thing that Quentin... Yeah. And only Quentin would hate, but Quentin would absolutely hate when a character he doesn't like tries to take credit for something. Yeah. And, and I'm not surprised you were bringing this up and very mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. I almost jumped off the bed when I saw that. Yeah. I was like, Edison, you did jack fucking shit. Go yeah, back to the other side of that blade and burn with the boxes. All right. Well, so, Andrew, what's your opinion on Jingle Jangle and more importantly, Edison? <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, you know, it was it it wasn't too bad for a Christmas film. I like Quentin said. I like you know how it was all colorful, it was beautiful in the beginning, but then I, my take was like it kind of also faded because then his wife passed away and his daughter's life was miserable, and then she never really ever saw him again, and he didn't even know he had a granddaughter, which is freaking crazy to me. And then she just like shows up randomly. I mean, I don't know. The lead was really, really good in this. And I thought she actually brought a lot to the table for being a child actress. So she really brightened it up. And I don't know. I liked it. And I also liked Buddy 3000. I even did a letterbox review. And it was basically just dedicated to him. Because I thought he was super cute. But Wally will always be the best robot. <laughs> Yeah, he's not Wally. No. I thought this movie was super cute. I love the music. I thought this, this, the songs and the dancing in it was fantastic. I thought I love the vibe and the atmosphere of it and the the set design. It all looked great. It all looked very Christmassy and very cheery and very happy. Uh, the lighting was fantastic. That's the stuff I really really love. That's what I thought was the absolute best. I think this captures that that magic in the bottle that Christmas movies should tr try to capture. That that. That essence of the season, the magic, the spirit, uh, the plot and the characters themselves were all, you know, secondary, I thought, to just the atmosphere and the way the movie felt, you know, the, the like I said, the costumes were phenomenal, the, the cinematography, all that kind of stuff worked really, really well, um, and the music in particular. So, yeah, I'm sure Edison was, was kind of annoying, and the plot was a little, you know, a little, little simple, and the bad guy was a little, you know, mustache twisty at times, but I thought overall, I thought... 
I thought it was fantastic. I thought this was absolutely delightful. No, yeah, no, I, I like the movie. Uh, and I do want to add to what you guys were saying about the actress. She was really good. And the fact that she held her own against some pretty good, well-known actors, right? Like Forrest Whitaker has been in some great films and he's a great actor. Yeah. And the fact that she kind of outshined him, like she really was the gem she of this it. film. Uh, yeah. She was great. I would like to see her in more movies. Uh, I like the costumes. I like the coloring. Uh, it's a good movie. Uh, this would have easily been like 37 if Edison didn't exist. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's true. I mean, I don't really remember Edison being that annoying, but I don't remember that. like he was just sort of like a their character. I wasn't really focusing on him too much, but I, uh, I get it. Uh, and this seems like something Quentin will get pissed off at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Down with it. It's very much a Quentin grudge. If you would hate yeah, yeah, yeah. A few of these movies might fall to the Q grudge. Uh, Edison was yeah. one of them. All right, so we can go into the next movie here. Uh, this one, uh, once again, I'm kind of surprised it's this low. But we have Borat's subsequent movie film. Oh, yeah. I have it at number 49. Andrew has oh, it at wow. 43. And Tristan has it at 31. I'm surprised I have it the highest. I don't really, I, I like this movie, but I don't love it. I don't really care for it too, too much. I'm surprised I have the highest. Um, well, you should have known that I was low on it. Because when we discussed on the podcast, I made it very clear that I wasn't a huge fan. Yeah, that's true. I probably should have known that. So like, it's fine. Uh, I do like this movie. Uh, once again, it's, since it's 49, it sounds like I'm low on it. I'm not. Like Once again, I liked a lot of movies this year. It was fun. I had a good time. I, I do think the biggest issue, and it's one I'm trying not to hold against it, is I watched one and two. We watched it back to back. We had a bottle of wine, and we watched them both back to back. And I was drunker in the second one, obviously, because I was already almost a bottle in. But I was laughing way more at the first one. The first one... I was a hidden gem to me. And the best part about this movie, Tristan, is it convinced me to watch the first one because I never bothered watching it and never thought it was going to be my thing. But I think the first one might be a top 10 comedy. It was, it was genuinely I, amazing. I actually really yeah. like it. I, I haven't watch seen it the first one in years, but it was really fun. Yeah, I want to watch it again I love right now. It. It, it is a genuinely great comedy. And this one's good. This one's good. I, it, I it can't really compare them because the first one's just more of a classic i think and it's just naturally funnier but i do like this movie and i think the addition of him having a daughter i think that's what you need in a sequel you need an extra push you need an extra edge to make this film stand out and i think to have a daughter in this movie makes it very fun she's killing it in awards right now so i'm excited to see if she gets the nom i don't know but she is. I'd be so surprised if she gets an Oscar nom. Yeah, she just needs. I just want her. She's not going to win, but I want her to have a nom. Because no. Tristan, she has eight wins for Best Supporting Actress for different Academy Awards. That's pretty wild. That, yeah. like, that's very impressive. Yeah, like it's different, like critic awards. Like she's got eight wins. She's got 14 noms, I think. Like she is really killing it in the, uh, you know, just like random critic awards. Who cares? So I'm hoping that's just enough for her to get the nom. She's not getting a win. Let's be real here. But if she gets a nom, I'll be stoked because I thought she was fun. I think the two of them together are fun. I, I had a good time with this movie. Yeah, and I, I watched this a second time. It wasn't as funny as I remember on the second watch. I, I, I remember very much laughing the first time I watched it. And the second time I watched, I'm like, eh, it's really not all that fun. It was funny, don't get me wrong. But it wasn't like super, super funny. Yeah. Yeah, like I think this one, maybe I laughed a couple times. But the first one, I was like, definitely a, good, a few really good jokes in this movie. It was like a good yeah. couple yeah, no, no, yeah, of Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a good comedy. I'm just saying, like, the yeah. first one, I was belly laughing at stuff. Like, this one, it just seemed fine. It was a good comedy. 
It's like I can't even really remember too much of what happened in this one. But the first one I love and I can even like think of scenes from the first one. But this one I can't really, I even just had to look at my review. <laughs> the only thing I can remember is she comes over in that box and she has ate the prized monkey. And I, I don't know, it was just over for me. I was like, how could you eat the monkey? I just didn't understand. Yeah, all the good jokes that I am thinking of right now is from the first one, except the uh, the joke where she eats the little baby doll and they go to- Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. And so then they go to the hospital where the guy thinks that she has a baby inside of her, oh, yeah. but it's just a little baby doll. So it's like this yeah. miscommunication. I don't want to get rid of it. Yeah, that's hilarious. The and they're making jokes about how they just want to like... remove the baby out of her as soon as possible. Yeah, that's by far the best scene. Um, that, yeah, that's the only joke I remember. I'm sure it just remembers more. Yeah, for sure. There, there's a whole bunch of good ones. It, it is a funny movie. Um, it's just not as good as the first one. Um, it, I'm sure you've already seen it. If not, it's on. Like, I, I most definitely give it a watch. I most definitely recommend watching this one. Just go in there with tempered expectations compared to the first. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's nothing bad about the movie. It's, it's fun. I had a good time with it. Yeah, and I think they obviously it's very twenty twenty based with they have a election and coronavirus, and I thought that was pretty fun for you know people like us who are going through twenty twenty currently or just recently. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't think this one's going to age anywhere near as well as the original. The original is more so just spoofing America as a whole and American yeah. motifs in general. Um, but all in all, I think this was a good movie, particularly for the year twenty twenty. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen is just absolutely hilarious in general. Uh, he's just a super funny dude. Yeah, I and, like uh, him. yeah, thought it was pretty good. No, I completely agree here. We can move on to number forty-one here. Almost one third done now, and we have Dreamland. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Which, That's you know, a movie. Yeah, yeah. I think that might be his biggest critique. Uh, so I have it at number thirty-six. Andrea has it at twenty-seven. So we finally cracked her top thirty, and Tristan has it at fifty. Oh, and I don't I, remember putting it that low. What? <laughs> That's pretty low. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty low. I do like the movie. It's it's a well-made film. The acting's good. I just think my issue with it, and clearly Tristan kind of backed it up with his realization here, is I just think it's very forgettable. I just think, yeah. like, it's kind of, like, there. I Like, there's not much that I remember from it. Uh, Margot Robbie, she's the lead, and I'm sure none of you have seen or heard of this film. It's about her being like this murderer, kind of like Harley Quinn. She uh, kind of got away with murder here, and she's now hiding in this guy's barn, and she's trying to escape as a convict here. Back in like the the Wild West, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a very it's, 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 it's a Western. Well, Thirty thirties, not Wild West. Back in the Dust Bowl era, and yeah, it was it was just sort of boring. It just sort of happened. Um, I never cared about anything in this movie. I think it was probably the biggest thing. Yeah, it, it was fine. I, uh, yeah. Fifties most true. definitely low. It should probably be like mid forties, but I um, it's it's a movie. I will say one thing. One thing I really love about this film is the cinematography was really nice. There were just quite a few shots that I really liked. I thought they did a good job, but like you guys are saying, it is kind of unmemorable. Like. I can kind of remember the storyline, but it's kind of generic. She's kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde, and then Clyde, Clyde gets shot, and like you said, she goes and hides 
in uh, the barn. I mean, yeah, there's not too much to it, really. Yeah, I do agree. The cinematography is gorgeous. And I kind of forget the cinematography already, but I remember that when I was watching, that was the most interesting part. The script seems pretty slow. But yeah, the uh, and that's why I think I have it that high is I do remember one of the final scenes where they're in the bathroom and they're having the shower together. Yes. And I remember it was the entire scene is one shot. You know me, I'm a sucker for those. And I thought the camera angle was great. And I thought that the, I just thought that scene was very good. So I, I remember liking that. All right, Chris, got anything else to say or move away from dreamland? Well, that's, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I honestly remember more watching the 45 minutes of watching a really crappy movie called Dreamland. I'm like, oh, this is the wrong movie. And I just hopped over to this one. I'm like, man, now I just spent, you know, two and a half hours oh, watching shit. a crappy movie called Dreamland. But um, I didn't really care for it. it it's not my thing. All right, that's fair. fair. All right, we can move on to number 40 here. And that's going to be The King of Staten Island. So I have it at 34. Andrew has it at 41. And Tristan has it at 37. Yeah, we're all pretty much in the same ballpark yeah, there. Yeah, we're, we're pretty close yeah. in the same park here. Uh, Andrew, you're, you're the lowest here. Uh, well, what was your thoughts on this movie? You know, it was okay. I really had high hopes for this because I, I had seen a lot of praise for it. I was pumped about watching it. And then, I don't know, we get into it. And it's about this guy who kind of just is living with his mom. And he doesn't really have too many life ambitions. But, like, in high school, he must have been pretty cool. I don't know. And it was just at the point where he gives the kid on the beach... Uh, a tattoo <laughs> and I was just like oh my god this dude and then I watched big time adolescence which he gives another kid a tattoo and that and I'm like this guy's he's just got to stop stop giving these kids cat tattoos it's this thing I, I hope every movie he's in he gives them a tattoo <laughs> me too I hope he gives a baby a tattoo at some point yeah but no I will say uh the the giving the kid a tattoo I don't know what it was, but that definitely seemed to cross a line for me. I didn't think that was a funny yeah. joke. The film really thought that was hilarious, and I just didn't think that was very funny. The movie's fine. I like it. I have it at 34. I think it's a funny movie with heart in it. I think it's a lot of fun. I have it pretty high up on my list here at 34. I think my issue with this, and we will get more into this when we discuss Big Time Adolescence, is I don't think Pete Davidson works as a lead uh, he's the lead in this movie i don't think a character like him is a good lead i think he's much better as the supporting actor as like the secondary character uh which we'll get into when we get to that movie i think that works a lot better i think his type of character he plays the same shtick every time because you know he's a comedian yeah. he's got that kind of shtick it doesn't work as well for a lead because i just don't think he's as rootable i don't think he's as emotional as a character you want for a lead i didn't connect to him at all and i didn't really love him at all yeah. so that was my issue i thought it was fun i thought it was fine i like marissa tomei i was stoked when i saw her in this yeah i was too she was great in this one. i mean she's yeah. great in no, she was my I favorite character i thought that. she was very fun yeah and bill burr was the uh the other guy right her her boyfriend or the mustache man yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah so i thought all three of them the three leads there i thought they all had great performances i thought the movie was pretty funny i was going to say it's got good heart to it pete davidson does always have the same shtick you know he's like the lovable loser is basically just his entire character arc in every movie but i thought he i thought it was pretty funny 
I think it, the comparison between this and Big Time Adolescence, just both being where Pete Davidson's based exact same character doing the exact same thing in both movies, it's an easy comparison. And I was pretty torn on which one I liked more. I think I liked them both pretty much the same. I think I put one just like, I think I put the other one right above this one. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, just put them back to back. Wow, yeah. yeah, I had this one 37 and Big Time Adolescence 36. I really enjoyed both movies. Well, I guess we're talking about this one right now, but I really enjoyed this movie for sure. I thought it was funny. I thought it was cool. Um, I like seeing the relationship build between Bill Burr's character and Pete Davidson's character. I thought that was pretty great, seeing the relationship develop and move over time. Uh, that's probably the beating heart of this movie. And overall, yeah, it was fun. It was a funny movie. If you like comedies, particularly comedies with heart and and stuff, you'll probably, probably enjoy this one. All right. Anything you want to add about Pete Davidson here, Andrea? I did want to say I was getting the movies a little mixed up when I was explaining this one. Yeah, because I was just reading my review, and I, I just didn't really like... Because he was kind of super rude in the beginning to his mom. He was over-sarcastic, and I don't know. He didn't make a lot of the situations really good. But one thing I did like was when he was getting to know the boyfriend's kids. I thought that was really sweet, yeah. how he really got yeah. to know them. Yeah, no, I do like those scenes. Yeah, he, yeah. he has human moments, but yeah, he, he's mooching off Marissa Tomei the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of his shtick, but yeah, I, I liked him with the kids. All right, so we can move on to the next one here. Uh, we're starting to go through Tristan's, and so we're starting to go through Wellings and Andrews here. We're t- kind of going back and forth now, yeah. but uh, here at that would be thirty-nine. We have Happiest Season, the other Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. So this one. Uh, Tristan and Andrew, you guys are really neck to neck here. I'm kind of the outlier here. I have it at 40. Andrew has it at 30. And Tristan has it at 29. So you two are kind of side by side here. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, one fantastic. It was good. Um, yeah, no, oh. I, I liked it. I, I had a good time. I have no issue with Happiest Season. I thought it was fine. I just have it at 40 because it's just generic. Uh, there is no reason I will ever return to this during Christmas. There's so many I Christmas don't... movies. I don't think I would ever rewatch this. But it's fine. I had a fun time with it. I liked it. I had fun while we watched it. Andrea could probably list off five quotes she had from her favorite character here. I'm sure she will. Uh, who, who's the person I liked? What's her name again? That's Jane. Jane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's the sister, right? Yeah, we're going to get to this sister. here. All right. I will tell you this. All right. Maybe I'm a little too low on this, to be honest with you, because Jane is a queen. I am Team Jane. I fucking love her. She is the third sister of this happiest season family. And she is kind of pushed aside in this film. She's not a main character. The other two are much more important. Mm -hmm. And Jane, just like in the movie, in real life, she is always third fiddle. She is always the third option. She is the third most important sister to the family and to this movie. And it's as if she realized she's on a movie right now because Jane had enough and she was done with this bullshit because she's a queen and she deserves respect and she is going to make a fucking novel and win the money and hearts of her family and she fucking does it. She is the hero of this movie. They all brush her aside the whole movie until she takes her stand and she ends up being the hero of the movie. And I am Team Jane any day of the week. Just saying. Yeah, Jane's pretty awesome. Our mom watched the movie and she really liked Jane also. That's it. It's official. The 2021 podcast, you two can do it with Welling all you want. It's just going to be me and mom ranking movies with Jane in it. You and mom. I don't don't think you're going to be ranking that many movies. 
Now, twenty twenty one is going to be a big year for this actress. I hope so. Well, she's in more than I thought. Yeah. See, this is it. This is her time to shine. I also like a um. Is it Rob Levy? Is that is that the actress' name? He plays the gay guy in this movie. Yeah, Dan, this is Andrew's um, favorite. Dan, Dan Levy. Levy. Dan Levy. My bad. I knew it was Eugene Levy's son, but I uh, just call Dan him Levy. David. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he was hilarious in this movie. I thought he was absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew, do you want to tell him I your mean, favorite joke? Yeah, Andrew loved him in this movie. I I love him um, just because I really love Shit's Creek, and I think he is phenomenal. He's the best part of that TV show. Uh, there's this one part where he gets to the, the family gathering. He's getting ready to go save, uh, what's her name? Christian Stewart. And he's sitting there talking to her girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. And the conversation goes, Connor, how much do you lift, John? A thousand? And then it, John thinks Connor isn't impressed, so he goes, a thousand plus. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a great line. Yeah, I love how he's just like, I, I don't go to the gym. I have no idea. He I, has I, I lift a thousand? No idea. Yeah. No idea yeah. how weights work or yeah. what's going on. He's just sitting here trying to impress this guy because yeah. he thinks like he's really hot. Yeah. That was a good joke. I, I think he just lifts a thousand pounds. I don't think he was joking at all. Yeah. <laughs> All the actors and actresses are really good on this one. Aubrey Plaza was also great in this one. Yeah, yeah I liked her, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, it was yeah. a fun cast. It was a fun movie. I, I had a good time. I, I don't hate it. I have it at 40. I think Quentin just hates Christmas is what it is. I, I, I do hate Christmas movies. I think there's too many of them. I think they all... I love Christmas It's kind of like sports, almost, except I like Christmas movies way more. Uh, it, but similar to that, where it's the same story. We all knew how this was going. We all knew there was going to be you can't frantic see it Christmas anywhere near movie. the same plot as like Jingle Jangle, right? There are two Christmas movies on this list. Well, no, but that's why. Uh, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. They, they are those two are vastly different from each other. I like the movie. I had a good time, and I do think this film does have little things that make it special, like David, the, the, the character of Shit's John. Yeah, yeah, David from Shit's Creek, or Jane, who I absolutely adore. And I think Christian Stewart was a great lead. Uh, I liked it. It yeah. was a good movie. Correct. No, the, the movie was super fun. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, I see low on it with 40. I guess I put it at 40 because it's a Christmas movie that I really don't think I'll ever watch again unless we go visit the family and mom's like, oh, I really want to watch Happy Season. Let's throw this on. Well, then sure. Yeah, yeah I'll, 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 I'll probably watch it again one of these Christmases. You know, yeah. sure not every Christmas or anything. Yeah, I think I'll only watch it if, like, the family really wants to. Even if Andrew's like, oh, I really want to watch it, I'd probably be like, yeah, really, Andrew? Like... <laughs> I don't know. I just, I thought it was cute. I thought it gave me kind of a happy holiday, you know, feeling. Like, yeah. I don't know, put you in the Christmas mood. I did feel bad for Christian Stewart just because, like, the other girl, her girlfriend was just kind of like acting like she was like an orphan. Yeah, I really wasn't a fan of yeah. uh, her significant other. I yeah, was, her, her girlfriend's a bit of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, she really didn't warm me up to me there. I wasn't a big fan. No. All right, so we can move on to the next movie here. And speaking of awful, there are some awful people here because we have the devil all the time. Did I even put this on my list? I don't freaking remember this. <laughs> oh, shoot. So oh, Tristan 40, is the lowest. Oh, wow. So I have it at 33. 
And I'm what? right square in the middle because Andrea, this is the first top 20 for someone. Andrea has this at 19 yeah. and Tristan has it at 47. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't care for this one. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I found this one just kind of boring. I think this film's fine. There is one thing about this movie that I really like, and it is Robert fucking Pattinson. I think Robert Pattinson's character is really good. He is a great villain. He is terrifying. He is everything wrong with like the church, quote unquote. Like he's just so like evil and priesty and holier than thou. Like he thinks he's God's gift to earth and he manipulates kids. It's terrifying. He is such a good villain. And so as soon as he enters, the first scene he enters, I like up until then I was kind of dozing off and he doesn't come in until 40 minutes in. Like the first 40 minutes I was not digging this. I didn't like it that much. As soon as Robert Pattinson came in and he had that twisted Southern accent and he was putting down that person's dish and it was evil how he did it. I introduced Robert Pattinson at this church meeting where he's the new priest and to help celebrate him coming to the town. They have this little buffet where everybody brings a dish over and everybody kind of celebrates together. And since he's the newcomer, he gets to try all the different dishes and he tries one and it's the main character's mother, obviously. It's the main character's family and he likes it. So what he does is he then stands up and go, he makes fun of the dish and says it's really gross because it's like, kind of weird and nasty. And so he says, uh, because I want to set a good message to everybody, I will eat your, I will sacrifice myself and eat this horrible dish just because he wanted to have more of that food and just because he kind of wanted to seem like he was being a hero to everybody. And he put the family down as this dick move that everyone else thought he was this great person. And that was it. I was sold on that. He was a great villain. I loved him. And the things he does is truly terrible. He is a horrible person. The only issue is I was, I loved it. Every scene he was in, I was full on board, but he dies about 30 minutes in. Like he's only in it for about 30 minutes, but I was yeah. in love with his scenes. Yeah, he was great. No, he was fantastic. His accent was a little questionable at times. Yeah, yeah, Andrew yes. hates her. Oh, I, hated, I hated the accent. It was awful. I thought it was like creepy and I was sold on the accent. I know it's a hot take. Uh, people hate the accent. I actually thought it worked. But yeah, Andrew hates it too. I'm glad Tristan I also that. thought this movie had like a bunch of like random subplots. Like those two people driving around the car, like the husband and wife thing. They're going like fuck people and stuff. Yeah. Um, that was just weird and uninteresting. And I never really understood what the point of it too much was. Like the movie, it is a very unique style of movie, and I think on a rewatch I might like it more because I didn't know what I was getting into going in. I, I thought it was gonna be, a, I thought it was gonna be a horror film when I hit play on it, and it's not a horror movie. I, I, I thought it was gonna be like actiony and like whatever, because you know Spider Man's the lead. That's kind of what I was thinking, but uh, I didn't think it was gonna be very horror. Like even though the poster looks horror, I, I didn't yeah. think it was very horror like because I know it's it was it was trending a lot for a few weeks, and I figured horror doesn't do that. And the style is very weird because for those that haven't seen it, it's like 15 storylines interconnected and yeah. they, some of them just end very quickly and some of them appear later. Like it's a very weird. Yeah. And some are just style. way more interesting than others. Like some, some of you care about a lot more than others. Yeah. I think that's where it lost me was this some part, like half, half the movie I didn't care about at all. Another half the movie I was pretty committed to. Yeah. For example, kind of like. I have to get these basically commercial breaks to get back to the movie I actually care about. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, like the Robert Pattinson, that was the best, but we only got oh, bits that was, of that. He was, yeah, that the yeah. whole part with him was easily the best part. Yeah, because we have a bunch of other stuff that they had to show. So I agree, because some of the stories weren't as great overall, it hurt the film. Uh, this film kind of reminds me as a of a bad version of Fargo, where it's just like a it's a small town, it's a bunch of people's lives getting interconnected. Except Fargo, they all connect in an overarching way, and it's satisfying. And this one, I feel like some stories never connect, and it feels questionable why they're here to begin with i wish they kind of connected it more maybe dropped a few of the stories and really worked yeah, on the if ones they all they connected had. i would have been much more on board if they all connect at the end like all the characters met or certain characters yeah. from different storylines met i'm like all right this all makes sense but it really just felt like it was like not like different movies none of them fully fleshed out and go let's just put them all together and say fuck and call it a movie yeah now we have one whole movie you put them all together um and so that's why i don't like i thought um spider-man uh, tom holland i thought he did pretty I- good in it I liked him as a lead as in a more serious role. I thought he's quite good. Obviously, Robert Pattinson uh, probably stole the show for the 30 minutes he was in. Um, <laughs> Andrew's shaking her head. Yeah, I, yeah. Andrew has his at 19. So, Andrew, let's I, hear your thoughts. I loved Tom Holland. I have never seen a Spider-Man movie with him in it. I've never watched anything like with him being lead in it before. And I thought he was literally phenomenal. I, yeah, yeah no, I thought he was very good. I love that, like, you know, he had a rough life and that he kind of, you know, went to go live with his grandma. And then the other girl that was an orphan, I mean, he, it was like his sister. I think she was an orphan, at least anyway. And like, I don't know. I just love how everything connected. And then like, he went for like the ultimate revenge. Ugh, it was just, it gives me, I don't know. It kind of gives me chills to think about it just because I thought he was just, so good he was so into his role and he delivered for sure another part i really liked well i don't know on letterboxd i kind of wrote a joke review because like in the very beginning the dad has that huge cross and i was like he clearly doesn't know how praying works like (laughs) i don't know i thought that was really weird that he just had this huge cross in the middle of the woods yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that was weird. And you like hike down and go pray, right? Yeah, he would take uh, him out there to go pray, too. Yeah, and and like, didn't his father kill his mom or something like that? Um, I, I can't, remember. I watched the movie back when I came out. I can't really remember all of it. No, um, I don't, I don't think, I think she just passed away from an illness or something. And then after she passed away, he basically just committed suicide by the cross. Yeah, I remember his father went crazy. Um, yeah. I guess it was after she died. He went crazy, not before. Yeah. yeah. And then they find the little boy, and he had just said, like, was it a cherry pie or something? And they thought the little boy murdered his father or something. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Good movie. Uh, it's, it's right in the middle for me, 33 out of 60. So I, I liked it. So the next movie on our list here at number 37. Once again, we... I swear, we're going back and forth between Welling and Andrew now. It's finally their turn, Tristan, to get some of the bad ones. Finally. I know, right? They're the gods finally looking up to us. All right, so we have here at number 37. This time it's Andrew's pick, and that is Black Bear. And I am shocked, Tristan, at your ranking for this. So I have it at 41. Andrew has it at 23. Tristan only has it at 33. I you're, thought, you're lower than me. I'm confused. How come, how come I'm the weird one? 
I'm right in the middle. He did not think you were going to like I this thought at all. Tristan was going to hate this more than I did. Really? I don't know. I thought it was fine. We'll get to it. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to the, uh, another movie. Uh, I thought there was two that Tristan would hate. I was right about one, and I was wrong about the other. And I thought this was going to be one that we were going to be in agreement here, Tristan. Oh. Because I like it. I, I the, the first third of this movie, I was all in. Right, Andrew? W was I not? Yeah. I was all in. I loved the acting. I loved the story. I thought it was interesting. But for those who haven't seen this movie, first of all, you should. It's, it's a pretty interesting film. Yeah, Aubrey Plaza's cool. the lead. She's really, really good in this. Aubrey Plaza, she's the lead. And I would describe this movie to you guys. But that's why I don't like it. I do not know what this movie is. And I'm curious to see if you two do. Because the movie is about... This couple that Aubrey Plaza visits and they're breaking. You can see how toxic they are. The first third is really good. The first third, first is third amazing. is the best part. The first third is freaking crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I was in love with it. And so the first third, it's about this couple that she's with, just completely tearing each other apart. It's this toxic relationship that does not work, and it's really captivating. And then the next two thirds happen where it's like the same thing, but roles are reversed and it's like them doing a play or a story off of that story. And my biggest beef is, there's clearly two parts. The first part is one third of the length and the second part is them redoing the play, the story of that story in the last two thirds. And my issue with this movie is... There's a lot of, like, I, I've listened to interviews. I've watched videos on YouTube. I want to understand what does that last two thirds have to do with the first third? How does this connect? What's the overall story? What's the messaging here? And there's nothing. In the interviews with the director and the writer, they just said they wanted to make something trippy and weird. And I it worked, but, like, I felt like there was no meaning behind any of it. And so for me, I really liked it. It's 41. I, I do... The acting's great. I love the first third. But if there's no overarching message or no overarching reason, I just had an issue really loving the film overall. Uh, I didn't really love the last two thirds. Yeah, I agree with most of what you said. Um, that's the way I took it. I like the thirds are completely broken up. Like, this is part one, and then the first third half, and this is part two, the second third half. Like, <laughs> like we know the movie is divided into two thirds. I believe you just look at it as two different fucking movies. Like, you had the first movie, and then you had the second movie. When the second one's like more of them. The second one's them filming a movie based on the first part. Um, the only issue I had was that the three main characters are still have the same name, so they're theoretically playing the same people. Yeah. Um, I never looked up anything about Fort. I didn't care enough, and I figured I, I picked up on most of it anyways. I thought I thought I pretty much knew what it was about. Um, like I said, I just took it as two different parts, like two different movies essentially. The source material and then the movie they made based on the source material is how I took it. Yeah, the, and this is yeah, the thing that gets to me is it's the same people. That, that, that's what gets to me. And it does. Uh, so yeah, the only thing that gets me is it's, you're right, it's the same people. That's, that's, that's so the there has to be a reason behind it, I thought. But you're right. They, 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 it was trippy. It was fun. I had a good time. But yeah, I just, I couldn't love the movie because I just don't understand its reasoning for the last part but you're right 40s might have been a better you're only a little lower than i am we're pretty close 40s might have been a better like you know maybe high 30s rather than low 30s which is where i had it but we're closer than me and andrea it's like it's intense like you and andrea are like 10 away me and you are almost 10 away all three of us have different stands on it 
Yeah, I like. I just like the. I thought some of the, the scenes in it were super emotional and super powerful, mm-hmm. particularly like the first third and like the scene after dinner when they're having drinks by the campfire, but I mean by the uh, fireplace there. That was like also the main scene that they're filming after in the second part when they're filming the movie, and even the second part uh, how the director who is Audrey Plaza's character's boyfriend in this part, not the, her boyfriend in the first part. Um, pushes her to the extreme, right? Yeah. By making it look like he's cheating on her and all that kind of stuff. When he doesn't cheat on her, he just wants to make it look like he is cheating on her to yeah. push her to the extreme and whatnot. No, no, it, it's um, good. That, uh, yeah, honestly, the first half, I probably would be where Andrew's at right now with the 23, like yeah. like mid-20s, maybe high 20s. Part two wasn't nearly as strong, but it, it's a good movie. Andrew, you have it at 23. You're very high on this. Uh, what, what was your thoughts? So I'll be honest. I didn't understand it the first time I watched it. You watched it a second time without me? <laughs> okay, poor wording. No, I didn't watch it a second no. time. But I watched a YouTube review that explained it to me. And to me, it made sense. She's going to this cabin to go write her next big story or movie or whatever. Because I can't remember. Is she an author or is she like a, a film She's writer? a director. She makes movies. Okay. She's she was an actress. But then she she swapped to being a director. She's a oh, director. okay. So and she's sitting at the table, and you see her writing in her book. And the first sequence I think is just what she's writing. None of this actually really happened. And then the second scene is because you see everyone in like reversed roles, is them actually acting it out. But. I, I don't know. Maybe that doesn't make sense to everyone. I also like how each scene ends with the black bear at the very end. I think that's really interesting. Like, it almost feels like it's, like, a, I don't know, not real. That's why it's either a movie, a dream, or just her writing. I'm not really sure. But I don't know. I thought Aubrey Plaza was amazing, and I love her. <laughs> I love her in Parks and Rec and just everything that she does. I think she's really good. Yeah, and I, I've always liked her in Parks and Rec, but this film actually did sell me on the fact that she's a good actress. Like, this film made me realize she can act. Like, I would actually look forward to movies she's in. Like, if somebody was like, oh, hey, this movie's coming out in 2021, is the lead, I'm a little bit more excited just because I hear she's involved. Because I do think she's actually really good. Yeah, I think that's why I have it so high. I agree. I don't like the weird confusing parts. I thought she was really phenomenal, and I thought some of the scenes were super intense and really enjoyable. And like I said, I just kind of took it as two short parts and just completely ignored the fact that they were the same characters and just sloughed it off as being like, you know, a short movie and then a slightly longer short movie. Um, both of them being pretty freaking solid. I just laughed at a short movie and a longer short movie. I just thought that was a funny phrase. <laughs> but no, uh, that's fair. Yeah, I guess if you just isolate the two, then it's, yeah, less confusing, less weird. All right, so we can move on to the next one here. This movie, we're in a bit more greens here. I'm quite a bit higher on this one, but it is the second Small Axe movie, and that is Small Axe Education. So I have it at number 25, Andrea has it at 31, and Tristan has it at 39. So I'm quite a bit higher than this on Tristan and Andrea in that aspect. And the movie's good. Uh, for those that haven't seen it, it's the fifth and final film of the Small Axe Collection. And similar to Alex Weedle, it's a story that isn't as memorable. I don't really reflect on much about it now that it's been quite a few weeks away since I've seen it. 
but I do think it's a pretty powerful story. I actually really like the messaging of education and probably a large issue with the education system with if you're considered dumb, society kind of just gives up on you. Oh, you're dumb. You don't have much, like, yeah. whatever. And they kind of just push you aside and focus on those that do have a future. And because of that, this kid, who isn't even that dumb to begin with, he becomes dumber. Uh, the, the, the girl that barks and whatever, she's <laughs> annoying us, could be. But the fact that we then see him start barking and we start seeing him doing all these things that the other, quote-unquote, dumb people do, it just shows you that grouping them all together and just setting them aside and forgetting about them only hurts them more in the long run. Like if you keep them in the system, they do have a future. They could become educated people, but they kind of just brush that aside. So I think it's a powerful story with like maybe not the most powerful way of showing it. So I like it. I put it at 25. I just think it's a really cool story that I haven't seen in a film. Yeah, I like this one a lot more than Alex Wheel for sure. It most definitely tells a great story and a great message. Also, talking about race and the education system and how he was deemed stupid, mostly just because he was black and, and, you know, struggled with reading a little bit compared to the other kids. Not that he was actually dumb or, you know, not as smart as the other people around him. Um, yeah, I thought this was a great movie. I, like I said, I just don't think it was the most exciting film, the most interesting film. Um, it was pretty slow. Um, it was It was, you know dull up parts uh, and not super memorable. It wasn't a bad movie though. A great story. Um, none of the characters really jumped out at me as being characters. I love the characters I clung to um, more. So just being, yeah, they're, they're, they're good characters and they pass for it. But um, you know, the, the story itself was the best part of the movie. Everything else around it was a little lackluster, not bad, just not, not great. Andrew, you're, you're in the middle here. What's your thoughts? I thought you're actually just as high on it as me, but you seem to be a little lower. Well, once again, <laughs> these are kind of like short TV shows, so I kind of moved it around, and it's just where it happened to end up. I think I gave it four stars on Letterboxd, actually. This was my favorite one out of the entire series of them that I've watched. I don't know. I really connected to the main character, like, when I was little, I wasn't super strong at reading. So, watching those scenes where he's, like, stumbling over words in class was, like, really painful to watch. I felt really bad for him. And then just the fact that they kind of just brushed him off, I hated that. I will agree, at points it was a little dull. But I just like the message that it sent. I thought that it really showcased how the education system is. And especially with race, like, I mean, when you looked at all these other kids in the class, like, most of them were from, like, different minorities. And then you have the little girl that's barking at everyone. She doesn't even talk words. It's crazy that they're just basically losing more brain cells going to, like, I don't know, these special schools that aren't even doing anything for them. Yeah, that's why I have it at 25. I just think it was a pretty powerful story that I'd never really thought of before on how that would actually affect the students doing that. Mm -hmm. So I, I liked it. It was more of just a unique story for me. So I liked it. But yeah, no, not much to say about that one. I feel like, you know, a bit of a difference, but at the same time, you know, it's not a huge, crazy story to, to, to dissect here. But uh, we can move on to number 35, and this one is a bit of a crazy story. 
Uh, we have spontaneous. So spontaneous. Me and Tristan rolls oh. reverse here. Yeah, I didn't know I had. Quite, I mean, this movie's fantastic. I really like this one. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised Tristan loved it, but at the same time. It actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I have it at 35. Andrew has it at 34. So we're both pretty on par here. Tristan has it at 24. Yeah, this is fantastic. This movie was delightful. It was super fun. It was actually really fun. And to be fair, this is actually one that might have aged better. I think this would be one I would like to rewatch. And it's very unique. Uh, speaking of unique with education, this one's even more unique. For those that haven't seen it, it's a film about people. It's about this small town and the people in this town are just starting to spontaneously explode. And there's just no reason. And you'll never find out the reason. And I like that. I like how it's just spontaneous. There's just, there is no reason behind this explode about what's happening to these individuals. No. Yeah. And well, it's all high school kids that are exploding. It's all like within the high yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's all youth, people in high school. They're the ones being affected. And they're trying to figure out what it is. And it's kind of like life, right? Like that's the whole messaging about this is you're trying to figure out why are, are certain people dying? Why why are certain people being treated with unfair fate for being so young they get to die so early? Like, how is that fair? And that's the point of this film is life's unfair. It's just, it's spontaneous. There is no rhyme or reason why people die in life. That's just how it is. And they don't give any explanation. And I do love that. Yeah. And then it's a, you know, a beautiful come of age love story on top of that with people just randomly exploding all around them and how, you know, they're hoping that their love can last when everything else around them is just blowing up into pieces. And uh, I thought it was super fun. I thought it was a really fun movie. I thought it was a really cool story. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this film. Clearly, I put it pretty high. You know, I, and I kind of just picked this movie on a whim. I was just trying to find fun movies to just kind of add to my list. And I found this one um, on Letterboxd. I talked to one of my friends in our movie club about it. And he was just saying how great it was. And then I watched it. I liked it. I'm not going to lie. I was a little let down. But overall, I still liked it. Whenever the boyfriend exploded. Spoiler. <laughs> it was, Whoa, it was... that's a big spoiler. Come on, Andrew. <laughs> you can't just drop that. I know, I should have said spoiler first. I don't know. It was good. It, there was no really rhyme or reason to who exploded. I kept trying to figure out like if there was a reason why people are exploding, but like I never figured it out. And one thing I liked is a bunch of young people exploding, they still somehow made that funny like it was hilarious uh with some of the way that they were cutting it and you never actually see them explode it's always off camera you just see the blood splatter like you never actually see the person explode so the camera work is actually pretty creative like i actually got excited when i saw like the way they used the explosions with the cameras it was clever it was fun it was very unique i had a good time i have it at 35 because i thought it was fine uh i didn't really love the whole love story i'm not a big like i don't know high school love story. I've seen a thousand of these stories. I don't really care that much. I was more excited about the spontaneous exploding stuff. Like that was just fun and exciting. Maybe I'll like this more on a rewatch, but I kind of wished it ended with her exploding and then the screen just ends up being red and that's how it ends. Like we just die, like it's over. And maybe that's just controversial, but like I thought that was going to be a really fun ending and um, maybe I'm rude for kind of being like, oh, she lived, bummer. Like, I, I kind of thought that would have been a fun, creative ending. 
but I also thought that it was fun to see her handle grief. I thought that was an interesting take that I didn't yeah. see coming, but uh, I actually thought it was a good decision they made. At first, I didn't like how he died and she was alive and this movie's still going on. I wish it ended with that death, but then the way she handles grief and the way yeah. you handle death in that way, I thought their tackle of death was, was good. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. And like it was like everyone kind of blamed their blamed themselves for what happened. Yeah. Like she carried that burden with her, and yeah, no, no one really knew anything. I guess. Yeah, which is no one really knows about life or death, right? Like yeah. it's just an endless question that we'll never know. So I, I I liked it. It was a good movie. All right, so we go into the next movie here. We have at number thirty four. And that is going to be Shithouse. So this one, we're all pretty much on the same page here. Not so controversial. I have it at 30. Andrew has it at 29. Tristan has it at 34. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. I thought this movie was really fun. Yeah, I was very high on it. I have it at 30. I just think it's it's a fun film. It's a good college film. Uh, I really got the vibes of college. This reminds me of being in dorms. Yeah, it really reminded me of like back when I was in dorms and college days. It really caught that pretty well. Yeah, I thought they, it was was a really magic in a bottle moment. Like, I don't think I've had a movie that made me connect to life in college dorms as this movie did. Like, it was a very fun film. Yeah. The thing that I really like about it that I point out to Andrew, and I think is what made Andrea like it even more, uh, was afterwards we were looking into it. This film, I believe, cost them thirty grand to make. Really, thirty thousand dollars to make this movie, which, in comparison, like, The Room was six million dollars to make, which was ridiculous on its own. But no, you cannot make a movie with thirty grand. That's yeah, that's crazy. That is insanely low. But how he got away with it was he was the director, the producer, the writer, the lead actor. He made the entire film and then he just found some buddies of his in dorms, the other actors, to just volunteer and just make this movie for him because they were just friends of him. Like he just, the money was pretty much just for him to get a camera. That's crazy. That's really wild. Yeah, I think the fact that we all have this this high, 29, 30, and 34, the movie is that relatable for people. And the fact that he could just make that good of a story with essentially nothing is really impressive. So I just think it's a really cool story. I think this is a director that people should be looking out for. He is super young, obviously, because he's playing a college dorm student because he is a college student. He's still in university right now. Like this dude is young as hell. He's younger than me. Yeah, that's really impressive. And this guy was able to make a movie that was this captivating. Like he's good. And I think this movie was actually very popular. It was trending a lot on letterbox yeah. the first few weeks it came out that's why i picked it because i heard this story and i wanted to check it out and so yeah that's awesome yeah the fact that this was trending on letterbox which is like a pretty big movie site for a couple weeks i think a lot of companies might already have their eye on picking him up for some small little indie projects if i hear his name attached to a movie similar to uh, audrey plaza if i hear his name attached as a director I'm checking it out. I really think he, uh, I think he's really good at telling a story. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, super impressive. Now I'm going to shit on him. Um, I thought the worst part about this movie was the main character, not the acting, but the character himself. Yeah. I found him especially annoying. 
No, All I right, like. I thought the main girl was super awesome. I th- thought she felt super cool. She kind of reminded me of people I met in college, some really awesome people I met. But yeah. I found him super, super annoying. Um, like the way he was written and, and the way how clingy he was and how he expected so much from people who owe him nothing, yeah. right? And I found that really annoying. Um, I don't know if he was supposed to be annoying or if I was supposed to like him, but I didn't like him at all, really. And I thought she was awesome. I thought she was really like the most relatable and most likable character of the movie by far. To add on to this, because I've read a lot about this guy, because I just thought it was a very interesting story. This is a story, a real story, based on yeah. a situation he's been in, and it was the most embarrassing moment of his life. Just he was so embarrassed by how clingy he was and like how he was in that story, and he was just embarrassed, and he wanted to grow from it. So he wanted to tell the story on just how when you're in college, you're at your weakest moments, and you do embarrassing things, and you just do unreasonable things. And it was more of like a growing moment for him because he knows that that wasn't a cool way to handle that situation. Very cringy at times and embarrassing, but uh, he did that intentionally because we all have embarrassing, cringy moments. Yeah, in yeah, that's fair. So Yeah, okay. We're supposed to find him cringy and annoying. I think so. I, 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 yeah, from the vibe I got, it was just him kind of expressing his story because it was just like a moment that like it was, it was, uh, it was one of his worst moments in college. So he wanted to tell it. And I mean, I feel like he was very close to his family. It was the first time he'd ever been far away from his family and he had no one else to be clinging to. So then I guess the moment a girl gave him attention, he just, I don't know, he liked it and he wanted to keep that. But then the way that he showed it was like, (laughs) not good. He came off super stock, like stalker creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with Tristan. The lead is definitely a weaker part of the film, but I, I also think that's intentional. It's supposed to be a realistic, not cookie-cutter nice guy. Like, he's definitely has flaws. All right. Yeah, no, that movie was awesome. And very impressive that it was a college kid of 30 grand. That's pretty yeah. freaking impressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy that this was even made. Uh, I do think it's... And I think a lot of films try to do the college dorm relatable lifestyle and i think this is one of the few that really works no this one really nailed that this one really nailed that atmosphere yeah, i sure. loved his roommate he's hilarious the tournament was awesome yeah i, I know <sighs> yeah you need so many people like his roommate in college it's great yeah and uh his super cringy stand-up oh man i hated it but i loved it, it was, that was awful. awesome i loved that yeah i figured tristan loved it yeah i knew tristan loved that guy yeah, that guy. I I pretty much was that guy in college, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I got so Tristan really Bowers from him. <laughs> As in awesome. Yeah, he was freaking great. Yeah, I was more like the cringy guy. Probably. Yeah, it's all making sense now. Yikes, yikes. Are you ready for this one, Andrea? This, this is a big one. Oh, no. So okay. we are at number 33, and uh, we, we're going to be splitting us off into parts, so we're almost done here. But I got a lot to say about this one, all right? Okay. This is the first one that is in one of our top tens. Oh, boy. Not only that, but it's in one of our top three. Oh, wow. And this is Kajillionaire. Oh, <laughs> shoot. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. Oh, my God. Hot take. Really? So Tristan has it at 41. Andrew has it at 45. So this is like your, both of your last films in the 40s. I have it at number three. Okay. Um, I, really, I, I thought I was worried I was going to be the only asshole, but I'm glad I'm not. Well, there's two of us. 
Oh, yeah, yeah I, didn't, no. I didn't think anyone would love this movie that much. I didn't think this was this like, was uh, yeah. This is me carrying Kajillionaire on my little back, on my little feeble he's, back. He's obsessed with this freaking film. I swear. Really? I yes. will. I will. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, Tristan. I watched this movie for the first time at the beginning of November, okay. and I have not spent a day where I've not thought about a scene from this movie. What? I really, really like this movie. To, to me, there is a clear top four of the year, and this is one of them. This is a fantastic film. This is shocking. Yeah. Okay, uh, continue. Yeah. Go ahead. Say your piece. Yeah. Uh, I love this movie, and this is one that I would not recommend for everyone. Like, this is not one that I think people will love. I am not shocked. You two are low on it. Uh, yeah. Honestly, yeah, I was expecting this. I was expecting both of you guys to be in the 40s. I actually thought Tristan might be in the 50s. Like, I was ready for the hate because it's a weird movie. Uh, this is a weird, artsy, unlikable people film. I don't, I, 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 I'll try to walk through my mindset because I really love this movie. Uh, Welling was here. He actually would have helped bumped it up a bit because Welling had it like at like number 18. So oh, uh, he, he would have really helped me out here. I love this movie. So for those of you that haven't seen it, it is about this woman, old Dalio and her two parents and the three of them, they are hasslers. They want to try and make a quick buck. They don't want to work. They don't have a job. They just want to make the easiest way to make money. Whatever it takes. They'll do that for a dollar. They will do whatever it takes to make some money. They don't care. And the perfect example of that is her name herself. She is named old Dalio because they were there when a, when a homeless guy won the lottery and the homeless guy's name is Old Dalio. And since he was old, they were hoping that if he died, he would have them in their will because they named their child after him. They thought maybe mm -hmm. they could make some money off of that. So they literally named their child to try and make a quick buck. Old Dalio learned to forge checks before she learned to write. She never once got affection. And so she has always been been born with his mindset she was nurtured into just making money into doing whatever it takes to make money that was how she was raised and this is a film about nature versus nurture in my opinion and i think it's beautifully shown how important affection is to have in someone's life i've watched it twice andrea uh, i don't know why but she told her mom to buy it and so now her mom owns it uh on her online account and you bet your ass i'm going to use that account and i'm going to watch it every month well, not every month. I'll watch it twice a year. I really love this movie. I think what really gets to me is when they introduce the fourth character in the story, which is this other young girl who helps them do some schemes. And because she's this new young girl, the older couple, they are more interested in this girl. They take to her more than they take to their own daughter. And they start growing attachment to this girl. They start calling her honey. They start giving her this praise that old Dalio has never been given in her life. And so that's when the film gets really interesting for me because it's a film about affection and how the, uh, the fourth girl that's joined the three of them, she likes being with them because she's never not been given affection. She's always been handed head over heels by all the guys. She's used to them doing whatever she wants, flirting, whatever it takes. And she's just so used to affection She's the opposite of old Dalio. She's attracted to these people because she's not used to just making money, doing whatever it takes. Like no one gives a fuck. And so I think her and old Dalio coming together, she finally gives old Dalio affection. Old Dalio never gives her affection. And so I think that's why the two of them 
end up kissing at the end. Uh, I just really like it. I think it's a film about nature versus nurture. Odalio finally realizes she wants to be loved. She asks if she's ever been cuddled or if she was ever waddled when she was a kid. And uh, I think it's great. And she gets this check of a couple grand. And she tells her mom that she'll give her the money if she just calls her honey. And her mom has never had that mindset of ever treating her child like a child. And so she won't call her honey. And that's when they run off with the money. And uh, I just really love it. I think it's a great film. I think the ending's great with the uh, twist that the parents pretend to show her affection by giving her these gifts. And then they break into the apartment and they steal everything except for the gifts. And then the twist is they exchange the gifts for money and it's a third of the check to show that they still, by the books, no affection. Here's the numbers. We split everything by three and they split the check by three. They stole everything else. But at the end of the day, they still just stick to the numbers. Uh, they're two affectionless people. And I think Old Dalio, uh, I think she's probably one of my favorite characters of the year. I think she's a beautiful character. I really love her. And she's an interesting character. I have this one, like, I thought it was okay. I thought it was, a, you know, a middle-of-the-road movie for sure. Top three is ridiculous. This movie's fine. I thought all the characters were pretty unlikable. Um, the plot was interesting, but also just kind of boring. It was a perfectly fine movie. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't phenomenal. Uh, three is ridiculously high. Um, I love it. I love it. And, like, by unlikable, the parents are unlikable, but I don't think Old Dalio or the uh, the fourth girl, I don't think those two are. I, I never came around to them. I don't ever, never really care about either one of them. That's fair. All the characters in this movie are all, you know, I, I, I don't care for them. I don't know. This movie was just kind of boring. It was just, I don't know. It wasn't very good. Yeah, it, I don't know. I was just going to say, I felt like it was really dry, kind of like Tristan. I, I there you go. That's a good way to put it. It's very dry. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. It didn't, it's a very weird film. Like, it's it's very out there. It's not, like, normal in any sense. Like, I, I've never seen a story in this style. So, I agree. It's it's very weird, I think. But I, I like that. I think it's interesting. Um, yeah, no, I, I really like it. I, I agree. I agree mostly with Tristan. Um, I thought the three mains were really boring and dry, but I liked the new girl that came into the group. I think she the new like, girl was the best one for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah she brought new, like new girl. like a little bit of sparkle into it. I don't know. It got a little bit more interesting, but then it was mostly dry. But I think, I think too, it's, it's the other three lack personality. Yeah, they yeah. don't have any character arc except. They, they like money and they don't have it. Like that's, a, that's their entire character. That's right. their entire personality. Yeah, they don't the have three a them, personality. Yeah, the three of them are dry and emotionless because they're supposed to be. There's, they, they grow up with no emotion, right? Like there's no but that's not, bond people or love. Like that, though. People, people don't have, like people don't act that way. It, it felt very unnatural to me. It didn't feel like they were real people or real characters. Right, yeah. They were they were, they were the definition of one-trick ponies. They weren't dynamic in any way at all. And that's what I didn't like. There's nothing there. They, they never grew or changed or, or developed at all. They're very static and one-trick ponies and overall not interesting because of that. Well, and the since two, they were the driving force in the movie, I just didn't care. Well, the two parents never change, but old Dahlia changes. The whole film is about well, her Dahlia changing. changes slightly. She, she doesn't gain a personality at all, though. Because she never grew up with a personality. I I agree. They are both. All three are very bland characters. Personalities aren't given. Like I get affection is given, and so the the loving sort of affectionate side of people is given, of course. 
But like everyone has personalities, right? Except for these characters don't. They're written with nothing. They're written with just static lines and, and, and very dull and boring dry attitudes. Like I didn't care about any of them ever. Not even Odalia. The only one I did care about was the fourth one who was added on. She was great. I, I take that back. She was pretty great. I, I liked her. Yeah, and well, the parents have just lived their whole life with greed, and old Dahlia has just never grown up to really express herself and really have a personality. Obviously, she has a personality, but it is just dry. It's just, she doesn't think, think like, she's just, yeah, she just follows with greed, does whatever it takes to make money, and she starts to realize that she wants more than that. So I agree, all three of them are very dry characters, and that's why when the fourth person enters she suddenly starts making old Dahlia realize she wants more in life. And I just think that's what makes the story interesting. Uh, you're right. The three are in a sense bland, but I think it's because they're so bland, stick to the numbers, filled with greed. It's what makes old Dahlia realize she wants to change. I just think it's an interesting character study on what would happen to a person if they never once received affection. And so I just think it's interesting to have a character that's this muted, that's this plain face she's never been shown to smile or do anything to express herself so i just think it's interesting look this isn't a bad movie by any means but this is far from a top 10 or top 20 film <laughs> that's that's all this is a far from there nah, this, this is easy top is, five easy it's, it's all right no I, I i really love the movie but at the same time even after watching it uh i know a lot of people online i've talked to about this movie and I'm not surprised at all that they hate it. There's a lot of people that don't like this movie. It's not very popular. Uh, it's just one that got me by surprise. I had heard nothing about it. And once it started, I think that hey, everything about it to the pink foam to, I think the camera works really fun. And I like when they go to the rich guy's house and old Dalio feels like what it would be like to have a family. Uh, I just feel like there's fun situations. I had a good time with it. Uh, I liked it. I think it's a good movie. I would never recommend this to anybody. If anyone's listening to this, I personally really like it, but it's not a movie for everyone. It's very weird. All right, so I have this at number three, but we can go into the next film here. Isn't that interesting for the three of us, but would be interesting for our boy Welldog. And we have Small Axe Mangrove. Why would this particularly be interesting for our boy Welldog? All right, so I have this at 32. Andrew has this at 33, and Tristan has this at 23. Uh, Welling's in here right now, but this is his number one of the year. What? Ooh. So we have Welling's number one right here. He's not here to defend himself. Uh, here, I can give him a call. Let's have Welling's opinion on Mangrove. He's probably at work. We'll see if he picks up. All right, we got Alex here on the phone. Alex, you are on the podcast. We just got to the infamous Small Axe Mangrove. I'm just going to put yes. you up here on the microphone. AKA, AKA the best movie of 2020. Oh, comes out swinging. Comes out swinging. All right, so yeah, <laughs> here it is. Uh, the best movie of 2020, according to Welling. So uh, is there anything you want to say here? Uh, we can list off everyone else's scores here. Everyone else is aware of it. I have it at 32. Andrew has it at 33, and Tristan has it at 23. What the hell is wrong with all of you? I, I have a second what? highest in my defense dwelling. In my defense, Tristan's instantly crumbling. <laughs> Tristan, what I'm breaking down, I'm sorry. <laughs> we 
Wait, did you say the movie's boring? No. Well, I, we haven't said anything about the movie. No, yet. we haven't said anything. We just want to get your input first. Okay, let, let's get let's get the input here. It's it's a shame that this movie isn't able to be nominated for any Oscars um, because it should win all of them. Uh, <laughs> Tisha Wright was fucking magnificent. Uh, she had a monologue in the movie that reminded me of some of the best monologues in film. Oh uh, let's let's see what else is here. Uh, it's it is I think the better of the courtroom movies that we had this year. Uh, throwing a little shade at the uh, the Chicago one, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this this entire small act series was great. Um, but Mangrove was clearly the top piece of it. And uh, honestly, you guys have it in the thirties. That's ridiculous. I will agree with one thing you said, Alex. Uh, this is probably one of the stronger courtroom movies. But I just don't like courtroom movies. So, yeah, there you go. I, I do agree with you, though. It's a good one. For shame. For shame. All right. What, what else do you other two losers have to say about this? I really, I like this one a lot. This is a, um, probably, this is my favorite of the small axe films, I'm pretty sure. I, I think that's on my list. And I put this one in the middle of the three courtroom movies we got this year. Um, I like this one a lot. I like, I like the, uh, the message it sends. Uh, I like how it's a real story, a true story that happens. Um, there's nothing special in this one that really made me put it in like my top third. It was just overall a high-quality movie. The acting was good. The cinematography was good. The story was good. But there was nothing really special. It didn't have anything about it that made me want to put it in my top third. So it, I put it in the high end of my of my middle third there, 23. That's where I feel like it. It's a high-quality movie, um, but it didn't have anything special in it, I think was, the thing, was my big thing. There's, nothing, there's no part I really remember. Except for the, the main the shop owner always going, this is a restaurant that serves spicy food for people that like those things. I don't know why that's the one line that's always in my head. The one line, movie. yeah, that's, that's a good one. That's the one line. Um, that's all I got. Hey, uh, I like this movie for sure, but I didn't love it like well. But. Yeah, no, I, I like it. Uh, I have it at 32. It's right in the middle for me, and that's pretty fair because for me, uh, half the movie was really good, and the other half was really not. Uh, the first half of the movie, huh, we, uh, we watched it, and then it was so boring, we fell asleep. So then we paused it. And then the next day, we watched the last half. And it felt like we watched two different movies. The, the first half, oh, yeah. I dozed off. And I was, I, we paused it. And I was like, fuck it. We'll watch the last half tomorrow. Because uh, I'm freaking bored as hell. Let's go to bed. I completely forgot about the first half. Right. The first half sucked. The second half yeah, was off. It it's bad. an entire hour of just it, building up to the courtroom. It, I get it. It's a, it was just a lot of buildup. Because then the last hour was really good. And that's why it's 32. It was a damn good ending. I My favorite scene, I don't know why it just remembers the spicy food, but what I remember <laughs> is the piece of paper with the tr- with the rectangle and him asking how they got four or five guards yes. to look through that. That is the single yes. best. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was the single best scene of the film. I don't know why Welling's talking about Latita Wright. She was great, but that was the single best monologue and the single best scene. Yes. Yeah, yeah that was just really good. Yeah, and uh, like that movie is a masterclass in courtroom roasting. Like, holy shit. Maybe. I don't watch that many co- courtroom roastings. I'll take your word for it. All right. Well, wow. I was expecting this a lot higher, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I was expecting to call it midnight here, but I uh, got <laughs> called it early. Well, well I was, was, was expecting this way later. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, whoa, he's calling me super early. Oh, God. This is good. <laughs> Yeah, so well, I would have really bumped it up if you watched the rest of the movies. This would have been a lot higher then. Eh, 
Oh, well. And I'm not going to reveal That's much, Welling, but we'll be uh, getting to your number two shortly. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, oh, see you, Alex. Oh, see you, Welling. <laughs> Sorry, I had to cut him off before he said the movie. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder well, what it's saying. But uh, this was his number one? Yeah, this is his number one, oh, yeah. My. You're right. I, I think, okay, I was really debating which one I liked more between this and Just Mercy. Um, like where I think I had this one like the one right above Just Mercy, but I forgot about the whole first hour being bull crap. I probably should have put this one quite a bit like closer to you guys have it. I only remember the good parts of this movie, that being like the second half of the courtroom scenes. I remember really liking that. So yeah. you're right. I, I probably would put it after hindsight close to where you guys have it, like like low thirties, maybe maybe high twenties, maybe a little higher, but close to you guys for sure. Yeah. Wait, which which I'm low thirties. Like this is right out right in the middle for me. And I think actually I even intend to do this i think i have it at the same like right beside the devil all the time where it, both of them had high highs and low lows and it's just hard for me to justify yeah. putting it beyond the number 30 p- moment for me so yeah yeah i probably that was a little high it is a really high quality movie like everything in it is really well done um you're right the first half is just pretty boring because i remember you telling me this was a courtroom drama and i was halfway through it, i'm like you must be wrong you must be thinking of one of the other smallest movies this isn't in the courtroom at all no, it was. It, it just took a while yeah. to get mm-hmm. Yeah, like the last half is really good and it's worth getting to it. Like the first half isn't so bad that it's not worth it. It's worth it. The ending is really great. But yeah, it, it does take a little bit to get there. I just have to strongly disagree with Welling's hot take. This was not the best courtroom film for me. Yeah, Andrea, yeah, Andrea has a big take coming. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So, I don't know. Maybe it will be shocking. She's I like, thought... Yeah. He's real mad that he forgot about the B movie. She's like, how dare he? Yeah. The B movie is <laughs> a courtroom movie. That's a good courtroom, yeah. Oh, I've never seen that movie. We should watch you it. You haven't seen the B movie? No. I've told her, and, and she just thinks it looks dumb, which does look dumb. That's not what I said. Oh. The B movie's so good. I'll watch it. I like animated movies. Yeah. Yeah, I love animated movies. Man Grove's great. Uh, yeah, number one is crazy. Yeah, it's nowhere near any of our number one. I had a pretty high, but it's nowhere near my number one. No. It's not in the top third. No. I like the movie, but yeah, nowhere close to my number one. No. And unfortunately, it's Unfortunately, good. the first half definitely weighs this guy down a little bit for me. Yeah, yeah. It, that, that's the issue. Uh, it's just the, pa- it was, the pacing. It was, yeah, it was slow, and it did not need to be near this long. All right, so here we are. We are at number 31 which for part one of this podcast will be the last movie we're going to discuss. And that is going to be, to my shock, Tenet. The reason why it's a shock is I'm not surprised at all that Andrew hates this. I'm surprised <laughs> Tristan also hates this. And I, I hate it. it. He didn't hate it, but he was way lower than I, I thought he was exactly going to be. I had exactly wow, in the middle. Wow, I thought okay. Tristan's going to be a lot higher. I think he's going to be higher than me. I think he's going to be higher than me. I have this at 14 Andrew has this at 44, and Tristan has this at 30. What? Um, what else? Like, man, every time one of these movies pops on and I see my score, I immediately second guess myself. I'm like, why did I put it there? That doesn't make it. Like, every single time. Um, yeah, this one might be a little, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I might okay. be high on this. Uh, the thing about Tenet is I went in with the lowest of expectations. I didn't watch this when it first came out. I watched this a week ago, a week and <laughs> yeah, a half ago. We watched it pretty recently. And going in, 
I was told this is the worst Nolan movie. This is one of the worst blockbuster movies of the year. I've heard that it is atrocious and it is by far Nolan's worst. It is not a great sci-fi film. And I was going in expecting to be disappointed. Like I went in with extremely low expectations. And so I was watching it and I was having a blast. I thought it was fun. I thought this was a classic Nolan movie. Of course, this isn't great, amazing Nolan. This is probably one of his worst, but it's not this horrible film that I was under the assumption it was going to be. I think on a rewatch, I might now be a little lower on it because I was just so blown away by how much better it was than I thought it was going to be that it kind of blew my expectations out of the water. And so I have it at 14 because I was there for the ride. I was having a good time. I thought it was fun. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's a fun movie. I think it has a fun premise like Inception and it's done well like Inception. I, I think it's good. I, uh, to me, all Nolan movies are pretty on par except for Dark Knight. Dark Knight is far and above the best. But like the rest of them, like, uh, I, they're all just fun, blockbustery, good time movies. I had a good time. Yeah, I'll, no, I like this movie for sure. Um, I might be a little, I don't know. Like, I like this one a lot. I, I People shout on this one way too much. It is not a terrible movie. I thought it was quite good. People also said it was super confusing. I thought it all made perfect sense. I was never really confused. Yeah, I time. never really got too confused. It wasn't very confusing. You're right, it was classic Christopher Nolan. It wasn't my favorite of Nolan's movies. He's my favorite director. And maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I just had a high, I don't know if I had, I probably had higher expectations going into it. I did really like the movie. Um, I put it right smack in the middle of this year. Um, yeah, I probably could have bumped this up by by at least 10, I'd say. Once again, I, every time I see my own ranking, I'm like, man, should I put it there? I put this list together like last night, like one in the morning. Maybe, maybe I also should have made that list longer, um, like, you know, for a while ago so I could think about it more. But I like this movie a lot. But there's a lot of movies this year that I really liked. I liked a lot of movies this year. Um like I said, the top, for me, it really splits top half, bottom half this year. This was definitely in that top half. I really, really like this movie. Um, it just wasn't... It, it kind of got, at some points, though, just a generic action movie for me at some points, and I think that's really where it dragged down for me. This was very much just an action movie um, with a Christopher Nolan twist on it and not a, a Christopher Nolan movie that had action in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But and I think that's where it got me. It was more the, of an action movie first, whereas Inception has action scenes in it for sure. The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, they have action scenes in them for sure. But they weren't action movie first. This one felt a lot more like a, a generic action movie that had other good stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that might have been what taken me out of it a little more. Yeah, and I know Andrea is also on the same page as you. Clearly, she's pretty low on the film and she really loves inception it was uh, her second favorite film of 2010 so she's a big yeah. fan of that film uh maybe i'm just not as big of an inception fan it was still my second favorite film of the year but i think tenet is pretty close like i think like, i gave tenet a four out of five on letterbox and i gave inception a 4.5 out of five i definitely like inception more and i agree that it's less actiony and just more inceptiony i guess like i do kind of like this just how more into it it went. But the action in Inception was in revolving with the dreams and the action antenna was revolving around time. So it still was a unique set of action sequences. So I liked it. I thought it was Nolan-y. This was great. This is mid-tier Nolan. Like, I think I like this more than Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight Begins. I Or Batman Begins. I will probably need to rewatch those. But... 
I think I like this one more from what I remember of those two. Uh, this is fine. This is classic Nolan, just fun blockbustery yeah. action with fun stuff. Yeah, I, like, I prefer like the two Batman ones, but all three of the Batman ones, I'm, I, should, I should say, more than this one. But I like this one more than, say, Interstellar, which I thought was one of his weaker movies. I probably like this one more than The Prestige also, as far as Nolan films go. I did like this one quite a bit. Uh, I, I did. I really like all the, the stuff I liked was all the time stuff. The stuff with the time, all that, that was the stuff I liked the most. And yeah. the other stuff, like when they weren't dealing with that directly, it kind of got a little, you know, it wasn't as great for me. But um, I, I think people shout on this movie unfairly. And I think you're, like, I have, I guess, I guess I, ha- I have it pretty low too. I think a lot of people overlooked this one and, and, and wrote it off as a bad movie when it most definitely is not a bad movie. I think this is a very good movie. Mm-hmm. All right, what about you, Andrew? What's your thoughts? I mean, once again, I would say this falls under the category of action. So it's maybe that's one reason. But once again, I'm going to have to agree with Tristan. I really like the stuff that had to deal with like traveling and time and moving back and forth. I thought that was all like really interesting. And once I kind of understood it, um, I was a little confused, but for the most part, like Quentin said, I, I got it. Yeah. I don't know because I love Inception, but I don't know. This just wasn't the same for me. Yeah. When we travel back in time at like the last half of the film, the reverse explosions, that shit was cool. And then the reverse destructions, that was cool. Where one guy was in the rubble and when it rebuilt, because it was going back in time, it trapped the guy and he died. Because yeah. he got trapped in time. Like, that's cool stuff. Like, visually, there was fun stuff. I, I had a fun time with it. It got very narration-y at times. Like, they really had to explain some of the concepts. So... Yeah, that, 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 that's also true. Yeah, that stuff kind of bothered me. Because I, I, I was confused a bit at the beginning. But I was pretty on par with what was going on for most of it. I don't know why people were confused. They Yeah, explained. people were really hard on how confusing yeah. it was, and you have to watch it more than once to get them. Like, it wasn't that confusing. I yeah. was wanted, honestly, I was hoping it would be a little more complicated. Yeah, um, I, yeah. Thought it might be, I got it, yeah. I thought Inception was more confusing, to be honest. I don't know. Inception was most definitely more mind-bending than this one was. Yeah, so I don't um, know what people are it, confused about. Uh, do you know what it is, Tristan? Uh, Inception what? is more confusing, but I just think uh, people are getting dumber. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, it could be it. Like I say that ironically, but I, I also kind of mean it. I just think people are starting to get a little dumb. Maybe uh, maybe Nolan is no longer the thing. Nolan's just too smart for this world. Uh, I think so. All right, so that's it for this first part. You'll be seeing us in a week or so time to move on to the second part. So uh, have a fantastic week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.